What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome to episode one of the GX WrestleCast. I know, I know, another wrestling podcast. I get it, I get it. You probably already have one if you're, if you know, I have, I have one, and I, I personally like to listen to uh, something to wrestle with, with uh, Bruce Pritchard and uh, Conrad. Um, that particular podcast didn't inspire me for this one, but I, I love their podcast very much, and I felt like I wanted to. I've been a wrestling fan since, I mean, I've been, I've had my eye on wrestling since 1999 when I was about six years old. If that's, uh, you know, aging me, I don't know. I'm, I'm not even 30 yet, so am I that old? I don't know. I've been watching wrestling for a long time, got hardcore into it uh, around 2004. Watched it religiously for years and years and years. And then maybe around, I think it's 2012-ish, I took like a four-year break. I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like a teenager. Video games were kind of taking over my life. Watching a a three-hour Raw every Monday when I could just rock some video games. You know, it started to get unappealing. Uh, I started falling out of the wrestling game. You know, the PG era really started kicking in. I did sadly miss some really major things during that time frame, like the Summer of Punk and like the John Cena, like really getting into his workers phase where he had the U.S. championship and stuff. So I missed, oh, and like Mark Henry's Hall of Pain, missed that kind of stuff. I know of them, but I didn't witness it live. Now, I got back into, so during all that time, I never missed a WrestleMania. I've watched every WrestleMania. I've watched every WrestleMania live since uh, WrestleMania 21. Um, just become a, uh, a tradition of mine. My birthday is right around WrestleMania. So a lot of the time it will fall on my birthday. Um, uh, the first WrestleMania I got was 21. It was on my birthday and my favorite wrestler, Rey Mysterio, won the world title in a triple threat match. Against Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, it was fucking amazing. And then Rey Mysterio went on to have one of the worst world heavyweight championship runs of all time. We could talk about that another time. Now, what we're doing with this podcast is... Um, sorry, I didn't get to the other part. We'll, we'll, we'll explain this in a minute. Um, so I watched all the WrestleManias... And then around, I'd say probably 2016, I met with my, uh, started dating my my now wife, and um, I introduced her to uh, WrestleMania that year. I forget the number, but I know it was the one where um, John Cena proposed to uh, one of the Bellas. It was that WrestleMania, and that was a fucking good-ass WrestleMania, man. Like, it was so good, in fact, that it turned my wife into a full-blown wrestling addict. We have now, for since 2016, watched watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and now AEW religiously every week. We keep up, we watch all the pay-per-views. Uh, we'll watch the odd GCW uh, event when they're, when they're around. Uh, I still don't really fully understand the schedule of that company yet. But um, those are the kind of things we're going to be talking about. Those are the companies we'll be talking about. Um, and maybe even my wife will come on. Don't tell her that I said that, but I might be able to coax her into coming on and talking wrestling with us. So wouldn't that be fun? I don't know if there's a podcast out there with a husband and wife duo wrestling tandem. Now, if it's out there, you tell me about it and I'll check it out. And I'll try not to steal things from them. So 
this this podcast we're going to be talking about basically a week in review i'm just going to go through all the shows this was a particularly big week because we had the money in the bank we had nxt great american bash on top of that you got raw and smackdown and then fucking aew and rampage so we got a fucking full ass uh, docket here so what we're, I'm going to be doing, we're gonna, I'm going to go through Money in the Bank, going to kind of discuss, we're going to rate things. Oh yeah, we've got a rating scale. I do a 1 to 10 rating system. Uh, I'm going to rank um, pay-per-view matches. Um, probably not going to be ranking any matches on the shows. Um, if something really pops out and I see like a fucking 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10 match on, uh, I mean, you probably won't see them on Raw or SmackDown or even NXT anymore, but you, good chance you'll probably see one, maybe even one a week right now on AEW because they're on fucking fuego, senor. God damn, almost every week they knock it out of the park. It's not even a competition, folks. But WWE did have a big week, and Money in the Bank being one of my favorite things in the WWE. I mean, what a fucking just an amazing event i i remember the first one vividly edge winning and shelton benjamin doing insane things and now it's uh, become its own entity i mean i think this is one of the few that actually makes a bit of sense having its own pay-per-view um because they used to have it at the at wrestlemania it used to kind of be the opening of wrestlemania it was for a while there and it was really awesome um I think, sadly, though, maybe it would take the wind out of the rest of the WrestleMania because it was always so good, and it would probably outshine most of the matches um, that were on WrestleMania for the most part, in my opinion, because those early uh, Money in the Banks were fucking crazy. And now we got the women's Money in the Bank. I think it's a great, great idea to have it as its own pay-per-view, unlike some of the other ones they do, like Hell in a Cell, where they only maybe have one Hell in a Cell match, and most of the time, it's just kind of random. It seems like, all right, we're going to pull out this, uh, we're going to have a Hell in a Cell match here on a rivalry that's only been going a couple weeks. It's like, no, man, where's the build? Like, you got to have a rivalry going viciously for, like, four months with, like, two pay-per-view matches, a tied 1-1, and then you take it to the fucking Hell in a Cell. That's that's just me, you know. We'll probably talk booking on this, on you know what I would do, you know. I that's the majority of what uh, my wife and I talk about when we're watching wrestling, like especially nowadays. Because um, if anyone out there, you know, I mean, if you're listening to this, you definitely watch wrestling, right? Um, Raw and SmackDown and NXT 2.0 have gone fucking so downhill. Uh, it's um it's quite hard to watch. Um, so this podcast, I'm hoping, is going to make it a little bit more fun for me to watch it because, like, I like. I've. It's hard to. It's hard to say, man. It's kind of like watching your favorite thing die a slow death, and they're not aware of it. And you want to do everything you can to help them, but they won't let you help. That's what I feel like the WWE is right now. Like they're so far up their own ass. They like. I feel like they lost all concept of what this is or what you want wrestling entertainment to be or they're just trying to make it so different so that they aren't in direct competition or there isn't a real comparable between AEW and WWE because AEW is unbelievable I mean they're putting out Wrestlemania quality matches every week like numerous of them the the builds for matches the rivalries the characters are all so good 
uh, compare that to WWE, I mean, they go for a, such a different way of, of, of sports entertainment where it's, it's obviously, obviously very uh, family friendly, which I, I frown on because I mean, wrestling isn't really, shouldn't be for kids. And uh, what I could say about that is um, I didn't get into, like I knew of wrestling, but I didn't watch it until I was like in like 12 or 11 or 12. But, you know, when I was in school, I was like, I don't know, in grade two. And then the older kids all knew about wrestling and they would chase us at recess trying to do fucking like power bombs, jack nice tombstones on us. And hey, you know, grade four, grade five kids probably aren't professionally trained to do those moves. So, um, yeah, it's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a mirrorable, uh, thing. You see someone power bomb a guy on the wrestling and he gets up and he's fine. So you're like, okay, I'm going to go do that to my best friend. And then his neck's broken. So like, yeah, that's why I don't think it's overly for kids. Um, I wish WWE would have maybe a more adult, side of it which nxt was and now that's dead because now it's nxt 2.0 and it's all bright and colorful and the characters are definitely not as gritty and the and like there's definitely some talent down there that i like but um yeah man since it took on the 2.0 thing johnny gargano left i mean what they've done to champa it hurts me it hurts me man like i mean NXT there when I first started getting back into it around 2016-17 that was unbelievable some of the matches they did in NXT and maybe I'll do a couple retrospectives we'll see like to talk about some of those old pay-per-views and some of the some of the most amazing matches I mean Johnny Gargano with virtually anybody I'm a huge Johnny Gargano guy I mean every match that guy did was fucking gold I I loved it I loved everything Champa was also a, a unbelievable down there so, yeah, that's uh, kind of what uh, my a little bit of a, a insight of how I feel about the wrestling business right now. Um, so anyway, big week in wrestling. Let's fucking dive in. Let's talk Money in the Bank 2022 in Las Vegas. Now, a little note there. Um, it was originally set to be in a much larger venue. But um, it looked like they probably weren't going to be selling at out, so they moved to a smaller venue in Vegas. And honest to God, I think that worked out really well because the crowd was fucking good. Good-ass crowd here in Vegas. I know applause to you guys. That's one of the high notes of this pay-per-view was the crowd. So let's dive right in. Fucking first match on the card was the woman's money in the bank. I'm going to let you guys know, uh, I, my wife and I usually do our own predictions before the pay-per-view. That could probably be added into episode uh, before a pay-per-view. If, if I can get her on for a couple minutes, tell us her predictions because she's pretty good at it. She actually beat me on this money in the bank. Um, so in this particular woman's money in the bank, uh, she picked... Liv Morgan, and I rooted for, I guess I wouldn't say rooted for, I just kind of panicked and chose uh, uh, Raquel Rod Rodriguez. And um, in hindsight, I really had no belief whatsoever that she was going to win. Um, honestly, I, I, you know, the pick's the pick. I was wrong. But uh, the women's money in the bank uh, with Becky Lynch, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Lacey Evans, Shotzi Blackheart, and Alexa Bliss. Now, this match was uh, a good time. Let's say it's one of the better matches on the card. It got um, 
it got pretty crazy right away. You know, everyone started going banana. And uh, pretty pretty early into the match, uh, Shotzi Blackheart, who was just a fucking wrecking ball throughout this whole match, throwing herself around, throwing others around like recklessly, like she seemed to be going all in on this on this particular pay per view, like she wanted it. And I was actually pretty impressed with, uh, even though it was a little bit sloppy, I found her spots were pretty good. But she did try and do what was like a version of the Shelton Benjamin where she tries to run up the ladder that's tilted to the side. It was in the corner and she fucking fell and she slipped and messed it up. Not a big deal. I mean, it happens. Um, it sucks that it happened so early in the match. Crowd didn't really seem to react all that much to it. The crowd was um, on fire, absolutely on fire. It was a smaller venue, but it really paid off. Um, Becky, uh, there was big ladder spots there for Becky and Alexa Bliss. Uh, lots of boos. Lots of boos for Lacey Evans when she was climbing the ladder. Now, I'm fully on board with that. I am not a fan of Lacey Evans whatsoever. Uh, what a what a fucking weird-ass character she's been. She comes into the company. She starts in NXT as this, like, like kind of Victorian-era. She's wearing these old-ass clothes and, like, being really fancy and, like, a heel. And then she, like, randomly hooks up with Ric Flair. That gets really awkward. And that all just kind of dissipates. They all disappear for a while. And then she comes back. And now she's this, like, war veteran. I love my kids. I love America. And I'm not buying it. And I don't think anyone is. From the booze that I heard, her climbing that ladder, no one's buying the the Lacey Evans kind of fucking baby face sugar on my ass like no I just I can't handle it I'm not a fan of her her wrestling's fine I don't really care when it comes to WWE it's more about the character right than the wrestling skill that's what they more or less emphasize you know if you have a really good match that's kind of just a bonus at this point um yeah so a lot of boost for Lacey Evans and then Liv Morgan getting a hella cheered throughout the whole night she had a hell of a night uh Liv Morgan getting the cheers now I personally not a big fan of Liv Morgan uh I liked her a lot when she was in um the stable with um motherfucking shot uh not Shotzi uh what's her name she's uh in destination whoa Ruby Soho yeah she's in that tag team that was pretty cool I liked her there and I always thought that she should have been the the wrestler to take on that Alexa Bliss character where she was fucking around with Bray Wyatt being crazy and shit. I thought she would have been a really good person for that role, but ended up giving it to Alexa Bliss, who I thought did fine with it. I just thought the look of Liv Morgan at that time in that stable, just, you know, she kind of had that uh, Harley Quinn look kind of thing going on, and I thought she would have been a cool, like, crazy chick kind of character, but now we kind of got her being a very baby... Oh, God. Very white meat baby face. I hate white meat fucking baby face uh give me that dark meat baby face give me a fucking uh, give me a baby face with some edge some attitude and like means it and the big problem i have with with um Liv morgan is that she's just not convincible to me i don't like her promos like I, I i know it's probably not her fault because everything is so goddamn scripted in the wwe and you gotta fucking read these things word for word or you're gonna get in trouble if you don't have enough leverage in the company so she's probably just doing what she's told and I mean, like, I'm happy that the crowd was behind her tonight. Um, yeah, I'm just not a big, big fan on her. She's not convinced me, but I am optimistic about uh, the future for her because we'll we'll get to that in a second. 
Um, there were some nasty falls. Uh, there was a nasty fall on the ladder for Alexa. I believe that was when Raquel had her up there. That might have been Shotzi, and they kind of just dumped her awkwardly backwards, head first onto the ladder. Looked pretty nasty. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I had that written down. Shotzi did dump her. That's my bad. I thought Ra Raquel did some cool shit with the ladder, but she did not try and injure um, Alexa. So that's another ding there for Shotzi. Just kind of having a reckless night, but I still enjoyed her performance, honestly. Uh, Becky. Becky Lynch, which a huge ass drop off the ladder, nasty landing onto Oscar. Now those two were doing some fucking crazy shit throughout this match. I really like their chemistry. Some of the best stuff going on in that women's division right now is Oscar and Becky's kind of thing going on. Um, it seems like that's probably over now, but uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I wish Oscar could do more than like hop around really excitedly. It was cute at first, but it's getting old pretty quick. So I don't know. It'd be nice if she did a little more uh, other shit. I uh, got Shotzi being reckless here. You know, nothing too new. She's been pretty reckless throughout the whole match. Uh, Becky was so close to, to getting the, the, the briefcase. Some really close calls for pretty much everybody. Um, Liv Morgan pulls her down. And uh, fucking Liv Morgan pulls down the briefcase and she wins. Now, going into that, my wife did predict for Liv Morgan to win and she got that correct. But she did that out of spite because she wanted virtually anybody but Liv Morgan and Lacey Evans to win. And I concur with that. And, and uh, Liv Morgan did win it. Um, I mean, good for her. Um... You know, I, I was happy that it was at least someone that they're trying to build and it wasn't going... Like, I was a little bit nervous that they were going to pick, like, uh, Alexa Bliss or someone that's already had it or doesn't need it, like Becky. Like, Becky doesn't need that. Uh, Liv Morgan absolutely needs it, and, um, yeah, good for her. Um, overall, I mean, the match was... Uh, really good I, I i enjoyed the match there were some great ladder ladder spots it was pretty fast paced hard hitting um I, I like i said i enjoyed shotzi kind of being wild out there it kind of made for the i don't know some of the spots look good other than uh that one missed one but uh becky was great with the ladder spots and oscar uh becky lynch flipping out like a psychopath at the end of the match she does that pretty commonly after every match she loses it's extremely entertaining i highly suggest you try and look up some videos of of like fan footage of her freaking out i saw one that was very good she was like freaking out she's like oh i hate you so much and she was like signing autographs for people in the meanwhile and the guy was like i have your shirt i love you so much it's just great shit becky lynch is 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 almost just damn near god tier she is amazing um, the crowd was, again, excellent in this match. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that they were booing Lacey Evans because you want to shove that back in the in the company's face. Like, we don't like your white meat baby face bullshit. So, you know, make her more entertaining. Like, I know her story. It's, it's, it's you know, it's a story. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. You know, I love my children. Yaddy. I love America. I fight for the troops. That's all great and stuff. But, eh, eh you know, just, eh. Okay, so um, some of the negative stuff that I had there was, you know, maybe Shotzi missing that that ladder spot. Uh, the match was kind of short. It was pretty quick. Um, kind of common for, you know, your opening match, but, you know, kind of short for Money in the Bank. I still, still was good, though, because it was fast-paced. There wasn't really a lot of fat in the match. It was, it was pretty, pretty meaty, one spot to the next, to the next, to the next. 
and I got a negative written down for Liv Morgan winning because I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I would put that maybe as a kind of like, well, we'll kind of cancel those out because I'm happy that a, a girl that needed the push uh, got it instead of uh, one of the veterans getting it that doesn't really need it. Uh, overall, I'm giving the match a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, it was really good. Um, just no, I don't really give out tens and stuff. Perfect scores for me are extremely rare. So, uh, don't be looking for tens and stuff. Okay. So the next match on the, on the card is, uh, Austin theory versus Bobby Lashley for the United States championship. Um, pretty big fan of uh, theory. And uh, honestly, I'm a pretty big fan of Bobby Lashley. I'm, uh, I hated when he, uh, I was very sad for him when he first came back and they gave him that white meat babyface run that just was a disaster. I love my sisters, all that crap. Terrible. And then he wins the championship, gets hooked up with fucking MVP, and he's been money, money. And now he loses MVP. I, I'm not sure how much I like that, but he's riding some good momentum. I'm gonna have a sip of coffee here. How we go? Oh, baby. He could tell I'm loaded up on fucking coffee. Um, MVP is now with almost awful. Uh, but Bobby Lashley here on his second run as a babyface, going much better than his first try. Um, much, much more convincible. He seems a lot more confident. Um, yeah, I mean, I like both of these guys. So it starts out, crowd is on fire again. They're going banana for Bobby Lashley. Um, <laughs> there's a... Uh, there was a loud smack that happened to, into the post. I can't tell if that was Bobby Lashley's head running into it or Theory running into it because it was supposed to be an offensive move to move on onto Theory, but it looked more like Bobby Lashley slammed into it. Regardless, it was loud as hell and it sounded vicious, but you know, not 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 all that bad. I'm having a hard time reading my own writing here. Oh, okay, I got it. Uh, <laughs> Theory went into a fetal position at one point, and Bobby was just like. Um, okay, which led to Theory taking over. Um, up until this point, the match was extremely fast-paced. I mean, Bobby was just taking it, big moves, fast maneuvers, and then Theory takes over and slows it right down. Slows it way down, way, 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 way down. When I'm talking way down, that motherfucker slowed it down. We got resting holds. We got a lot of trash talk, though, so at least his slow wrestling is more entertaining than most. At least he's trash talking, talking some shit to Bobby. Bobby then makes the comeback. Bobby... Press big press into a slam it was very impressive. Uh, theory kicks out. Uh, oh, theory kicks out of that, and then theory drop kicks Bobby Lashley directly in the mouth. Bloody mouth for Bobby Lashley. Theory's got a hell of a drop kick on, him, so that definitely probably hurt. Uh, theory got really cocky, and then Bobby made him pay. Boom! One, two, three. You got a new United States champion in Bobby Lashley. I was rooting for Theory in this one. My, my wife picked Bobby Lashley. She's victorious again. If you're counting scores, that's 2-0 for the wifey. So I'm looking bad here, boys. This isn't very good. Uh, overall, I mean, the match started really good. I think uh, Theory slowed it down a little bit too much for my liking, but he did show some cool moves. So overall, I mean, the match was fine. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Nothing amazing, but nothing overly bad about it. You're going to see, when it comes to WWE and me, you're going to see a lot of mid middling scores. Um, I find a lot of it. I've been watching it for so long, it's very predictable and kind of boring to me. So, I mean, some of the matches, you're probably going to notice a lot of fours and fives, maybe some sixes. Um, yeah. So the next match is the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Carmella going up against Bianca Belair. Um, if you're not a fan of Bianca Belair, you're, you're, you're probably stupid. I mean, she's amazing. 
um, one of the NXT people that made the come up and really worked out. I mean, she's really thriving here on on the main shows. Uh, she's been fantastic. I'm a huge fan of her. Um, the only problem uh, with this match is um, it was supposed to be Rhea Ripley instead of Carmella. Um, I was a little, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was, I was kind of rooting for not for Rhea Ripley to win the match, but kind of just to get her back on track. She's kind of been lost in the shuffle for the last little while. Now she's with the Judgment Day. See if she can get that momentum back that she had in NXT. She was on fire there in NXT, and she made the move up, and it just hasn't been really, really great for her. Um, overall, you know, because of the fact that. The match got changed. Their opponent got changed. The match was pretty meh. There's not. I didn't really have much to say about it other than you know it was a match. Uh, Bella uh, Bianca wins, and that's awesome. Uh, we both picked Bianca to win because I don't think we had much faith in uh, Carmella winning the championship over over uh, Bianca tonight. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Carmella. I'm not gonna lie. I know she's like probably not everybody's favorite, but I really enjoy her. She's like she's a really annoying, enjoyable, entertaining heel. And, um, yeah, I'm honestly a big fan of her. I love when she's screaming at people throughout the matches. It's, it's just entertaining. I like that she's, yeah, she's just she's good stuff to me. Um, after that, they move into uh, talking about the Logan Paul signing. Um, good God. Um, what do I think about Logan Paul signing with the WWE? Well, honestly, he, he was quite impressive at WrestleMania. He looked decent in the ring. You know, lately they've been bringing in more. If you're a celebrity, they they've been decent in the ring. I mean, Bad Bunny really, really impressed me. I did not expect anything out of Bad Bunny, and he did quite well. I'm not gonna lie, one of the better celebrity performances I've ever seen. And Logan Paul, so far, um, it looks like he's gonna be moving into um, a feud with the Miz or something because the Miz betrayed him at WrestleMania and Logan Paul had the funniest, happiest, never seen anybody more happy to take a skull crushing finale in my life. He was so excited, so happy. But now Logan Paul's coming to the WWE. He's coming for you, Miz. He's going to get you, fool. But uh, they talked about that. After that, they had a really shameless fucking credit card commercial with Alexa Bliss. Crowd was booing the shit out of that, rightfully so. I hate that shit. Like, it was a really shameless credit card commercial. Like, oh, hey, come buy, go, you know, go into debt with your WWE card. Buy a bunch of championship belts. Buy a t-shirt for your dog, for your cat, for your fucking grandma. Buy one, two for free. I don't even care. How many John Cena t-shirts can you buy? Can you possibly buy every John Cena t-shirt that's ever been made? I doubt it. Guy's got more t-shirts than anything I've ever seen. Okay. Moving on after that little bit of a, of a break. Uh, between the wrestling, we move into a tag team, unifi unified tag team championship match. We got the Usos versus the Street Profits. Now, goddamn, um, this was a hell of a match. This is a long match. This was a, a showcase of, of, of what WWE can still do with their tag team. I mean, uh, most of their tag team matches are rinse and repeat, same formula every single time. But this one did a little bit more now this is more of a closer to your uh more standard aew tag team match so you know it was better it was it was it was watchable and and for for me it wasn't so predictable uh we had some some really great uh close calls great chemistry between these two teams um uh, oh excuse me i'm not gonna lie 
was rooting for the profits for this one. Really, really, really thought they were going to get it done. Um, wife had the Usos. Goddamn. Uh, there's some really good drama for this match, you know. It was pretty intense. I mean, uh, the intensity on Montez was, was you could feel it. Uh, Montez looked like he gained a bunch of muscle just overnight. For, I don't know, he just looked big as hell. Looked massive. Dawkins looked great. I mean, I, I know Montez is the is the guy of this, but I don't think... I don't know, man. Like, I'm nervous for when the inevitable breakup happens because that always happens in WWE. They're going to break up, and I'm scared for what's going to happen to Dawkins. I just don't think they have plans for this guy. I think he's talented. I hope they can do find something for him if they are going to split this tag team up because they've been teasing it, and I don't like that. I wish they could just keep a tag team a tag team for once instead of breaking them up after, like, a year. Like, goddamn, like, you, can't, you can't do anything. I mean, Usos and, and New Day are about the damn near only tag team that's been going for, like, more than five years. So there's that. There was an incredible high spot with Montez doing his dive over the ring post. Over the ring post, which is, and he just soars like an eagle. Like an absolute eagle and just absolutely nails it. It was fucking amazing, dude. It was so cool. Um, lots of near falls, you know, very good tag team wrestling. Lots of great maneuvers. Uh, great, just all around great chemistry. The only thing I could really take out of this match was that the crowd, I know it was a long match, uh, and the crowd's already been through quite a bit, and they've been hot, hot, hot. Um, the hotness wasn't quite there for this match, but when there was a near fall, the hotness was there. Oh, they went banana. Absolutely banana for the fucking close calls. Otherwise, it was pretty dead silent. I don't know if they were just appreciating what they were seeing. It's like, wow, we got a, a fucking tag team match that's... Uh, you know, not predictable, not the same thing. Guy goes in, gets the shit kicked out of him, buddy comes in for the hot tag, it's over. And yeah, it was a very good match. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Might be a little low for what you people, like other people watching that uh, pay-per-view might have thought. But when you compare it to uh, a typical AEW match, it was pretty on part of that. So I can't give it too much higher than a 7. A 7 is a pretty damn good uh, score for a WWE tag team match, in my opinion. going to take some coffee here. Oh, oh, God, mama, mama. Okay, so that was just a, that was a really nice match. I wish the crowd could be a little bit more into it. It didn't take anything away from it, but I think if that crowd was that, was hotter, that could have made that like a 7.5, 8 out of 10, you know what I'm saying? Um, after that, we move into a, oh, sorry, there was also um, some drama there at the end of that match. Um, Usos get the win, but, um... The Street Profits are arguing that um, Montez Ford's shoulder was up the whole time. And they show the replay, and it was. Montez drops a fuck, a fuck bomb on, on WWE. I hope he doesn't get in too much trouble for that, because I know they they really frown on dropping F-bombs on on, on on air. You know, it's not a bit. You know, he seems fine, but uh, I hope it doesn't, it doesn't ruin anything for him. Um, so, yeah, they're going to... That's... Um, yeah, I don't know if that was planned. It kind of didn't seem planned. It kind of seemed like spur of the moment. I don't really know. It's kind of weird. But, um, yeah, so there was that controversy. Usos win, retain the titles. No no, no dual championships for the, for, the, for the Profits. No smoke for the boys. But we move on after that. We get a, we, we get a promo video, uh, ominous video displaying some gold medals, you know, Kurt Angle gold medals. We got some Latino Heat stuff in there. We got, we got Hardy Boys stuff. Now... What the fuck does that mean, right? You know, people are speculating that this could be Edge. 
Um, obviously, people are saying Bray Wyatt, but I just don't see how there's a connection there. The only thing being would be like you know Matt Hardy and Wyatt having that um, that fucking match at the uh, Matt Hardy uh, compound, which is one of my favorite matches of all time. The chair of wheels, more of lawns. I mean, ah. Oh fucking prime time broken Matt Hardy until WWE did the WWE thing to it and they made everything uh, repetitious until it was just not good anymore. But um, yeah, there's also, I, I have my own little prediction. Maybe it's the Dudleys. Who knows? I, I Maybe Dudleys come back for one more little run. Who knows? That would be sweet. But uh, ominous video, you know, showing off the gold medals. Uh, a lot of, you know, it really leads, like, the only thing, like, that all connects to Edge. So, Edge is kind of floating out there. He just got betrayed. So, uh, people are thinking Edge. People are thinking Edge. So, I have to, what the hell is that? Is that my cat? That is my cat meowing. I don't know if you can hear that, but he's down in the basement going, whoa. That's what he does. Uh, after that, we move into the SmackDown Women's Title Match. Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. Okay. Uh, Natalia. Um... You know, I, I didn't hate this match. I didn't think it was bad. Uh, you know, it's it's good to see Natalia in there with Ronda because uh, Natalia is a professional. She takes care of the talent, makes them look really good. Um, I'm you know I'm just kind of meh on Ronda right now. I'm I, I'm a little devastated that she left when she left, and you know that time off. I know she had a child, and that's great. But that, you know, the, the momentum she had there, it's just not quite the same that that first run she had. But the second one's going okay. Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, Ronda put on a pretty nice sharpshooter in the match, I have to say. I thought it was pretty good. I think the two had pretty nice chemistry together. I think they work well together. You know, Ronda definitely has Matt skills. She has, uh, she, in the UFC, dominated the UFC for so long till she got kicked in the head. But um, I'm still waiting for someone to bring that up uh, if they haven't already, or at least like you know rock a head kick in the, in the match and like really woozy up Ronda, and make her sell it hard. I don't know. That'd be something. Um, they had some nice counters in the match. Um, other than that, there wasn't much build to the match. I thought it was pretty decent. It gave a six out of ten. You know, I think that's a pretty decent score. I think maybe a little high. Maybe I drop it down to like a five five. 5.5, that's how we're going to do the scale here. We're not doing 0.25s and shit we do on the 0.5 scale. Up to 10, do you read me? Okay, so Ronda wins the match. We both picked Ronda. That's kind of obvious. No one's rooting for Natalia. I like her as a talent, but your boobs are big. They're so big. Ridiculous size. Um, and then fucking Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan comes out. She speculated earlier that she wasn't going to do it. She's going to chill tonight. I'm going to get out of here, have some fun. No fucking way. She comes down, cashes in. Me and the wife are fucking flipping now. We're flipping. We're like, holy shit. Okay, so now she won it. We're like, okay, cool. Maybe she's going to be the first one to fuck it up. She's going to fuck it up, right? You know, they, they brought it up. They're like, oh, there's a 100% cash-in rate on the women's. And it's only had like three or four women's matches. But maybe it's time for, for someone to fuck up. And I thought and she thought that it was going to be Liv Morgan. And fuck almighty, did it ever look like it. She runs in there. Oh, I'm cashing in. Oh, fuck. Ronda's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is bad. Liv Morgan jumps at her. Ronda gets her in an ankle lock, and she has got it in tight. She's reefing on it. Crowd's going insane. Fucking Liv Morgan screaming her head off, and then boom, she kicks fucking Ronda in the, in the gut. She goes down. Fucking she, Liv Morgan rolls her up. One, two, three. 
boom, she's the new SmackDown Women's World Champion. My jaw drops. I'm pissed off and happy. The emotional roller coaster. Liv Morgan, there you go. She gets a huge pop. You know, this crowd was all in on Liv Morgan. I think, I guess they nailed it because they, they fucking knew this crowd loved Liv Morgan and they went all in on it. She cashes in successfully. Another s- successful cash in for the women. Good for the women. Rhonda reluctantly for a second doesn't want to give it up and then proudly, happily gives it over to Liv Morgan. She celebrates. Yeah. I mean... New champion. Um, boo out of me. Um, you know, I didn't really care about Ronda's championship reign. But, um, you know, here we go. We got Liv Morgan now. So, let's see what she can do with it. I'm uh, I'm optimistic. I, I hope she can do, 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 do good things with it. Um, okay, so after that match, we move into uh, the men's money in the bank. Now, a little bit of controversy at the beginning of this match. After everyone's in, all the men are in. Um, which is, let's see, who all in was this? We got Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, almost. The big, big Nigerian giant was in this match, and I don't get it. I did not like it. Um, Madcap was in it. Um, Bro, Riddle. um, Looks like, I think that was everybody, right? Okay, and then fucking... Right at the last second, stupid dickhead Adam Pierce comes out. Hate this guy, and look who gets added to the match late. It's fucking Austin Theory. Just lost his title. Oh yeah, he's totally deserving to come in. So that must have been a McMahon thing. Austin Theory gets added to the match. Boom! Instantly makes it okay. Everyone knows where this is going. Theory is going to win this match, and that's exactly what fucking happened. So you know, I was um, I was rooting hard for Bro. I rooted super duper hard for Bro Man. I I was I wanted it to be his night. I'm waiting for his night to come. I don't know if it's gonna be at at, at Rumble, but they gotta do something with this guy, man. Like before it's too late. Like you got you got the Randy thing behind him. Crowd loves him. He's awesome. He could put on fucking amazing matches. I've seen him do it in NXT. He can put on eight, nine out of ten matches, no problem. The guy has talent. And he's funny as hell. He's one of the funniest guys on the roster behind, like, R-Truth. Except R-Truth doesn't get any more playtime. I'm going to have some coffee right here. God damn, that's good. Damn. Okay. So this match starts off. Starts out real good. You know, Sheamus and Drew are going at it. They're probably my favorite two in the match. Like, I I love the chemistry between Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. I love fucking Sheamus, dude. I love fucking Sheamus. I, I would fuck him, and I would fucking love it. I love Sheamus. He's awesome. Uh, he's just been awesome. Kind of underutilized. Very much so like Cesaro. That tag team, The Bar, was one of my favorites in a long time that WWE had. And they broke him up for no reason. Uh, they always do. And I'm still waiting for Sheamus to get back into that main event. He kind of did there for a second, playing with it when he was buddy-buddy with Drew. But uh, I'm still waiting for Sheamus. I think he's a main event player. He's really good. I really like Sheamus, and I love the chemistry between him him and Drew. I hope we could see more of that in the future. Even though we've seen it, I want more. Uh, Almost buried in ladders. That was uh, pretty obvious. You know, the big man in 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 the small man world's match. Everyone gangs up on him after he beats the shit out of everybody you know he was getting his moves in very unimpressively very sloppy not enjoyable at all guy can barely move he is tall but he cannot move um then he gets 
absolutely obliterated. Everybody in the match gets almost, lifts him up over their head, and at the same time, one, two, three, boom, they throw him through the announce table. <laughs> Huge crash, just obliterated. Exodia came through and obliterated that bitch. He is done for the night, I believe. Um, great, great heat for, for, uh, theory here. Uh, anytime you climbed the ladder, anytime he was involved, he wasn't involved very much now because he had a match earlier. So he was a little bit scarce throughout the match, but whenever he was around crowd was booing him. I like theory. I don't like what they did with him in this pay-per-view per se, cause he lost his title. He didn't hold it for very long, but he wins money in the bank. So, but I'm nervous, right? Cause he's pretty new. He's pretty fresh. What's he going to do with this money in the bank? Is he actually going to cash this in successfully? And if he does, then okay. I think he can run with the ball. But if he fucks it up, then you just fucked him up. Like, you fucked this guy over probably. Like, he's not going to, it's not going to work. Same thing with Baron Corbin, man. Like, Baron Corbin won it. I was actually in. I was in. I liked it. I was like, yeah. And then Baron fucks it up and his career has been shit ever since. And you know what? I like Baron Corbin. I think uh, Deep Six and 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 um, Deep Six especially, and uh, his other move um, I can't remember right now. End of Days, which uh, I think someone actually did kick out of it, but uh, devastating move. He's awesome. I like Baron Corbin, but they fucked him up. So, you know, some of the bad things I didn't like about this match. Obviously, Theory getting added in late added a huge amount of predictability to the match. Uh, almost just I just don't like him. I, he doesn't work. There's big men that can move and work so much better than he and guys that they had recently in the company that they got rid of that I thought could have done this so much better than him and they're going with them and they, they just keep pushing them you know they got MVP with them uh they had AJ Styles with them forever which made no sense to me I hated it and yeah I just I'm not into it uh and and overall I mean uh, Money in the Bank was a little bit slow, definitely slower pace compared to the women's, and overall, I didn't like it as much as the women's, I'm gonna give it a 6.5 out of 10, um, yeah, the crowd was good, crowd was good, still like the women's one better, Theory winning it kinda sucks, you know, I don't really know where they're going with that quite yet, I mean, there's a lot of potential for it, I can see, like, maybe McMahon getting more involved with him like he was, hopefully he doesn't bring the egg this time, um, yeah, you know, the future looks bright for Theory. I'm into him. I hear John Cena loves him. Possibly going to have a match with him at SummerSlam. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, that would be great. I love John Cena now. So if um, my buddy Billy's listening to this, he's uh, probably going, what the fuck did he just say? Because I've hated John Cena since like 2007. I hated John Cena before it was cool to hate John Cena, man. Because he was always fucking with Edge. And Edge is one of my favorite all time. You know, fuck with Wedge. Sometimes I call him Wedge. So if you hear me say Wedge, I mean Edge. I'm sorry. It's just I have weird things like that all the time. So, fuck, man, that's it. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, the pay-per-view is over. Um, overall, overall, pay-per-view was pretty all right. Um, I mean, the women's was really good. If I had to pick my favorite match, I'm going to go with the women's money in the bank the tag team was pretty fucking good too but uh you know i'm a sucker for ladders i love ladder matches and uh, i thought the women did a really great job it showcased a lot of them i think the right person won in terms of a newer person not a veteran so that's good uh again they kind of did that with theory as well but i think they should have went with bro on that one uh, otherwise, you know, pretty solid. I gave it a six and a half out of 10 overall. Pretty, pretty decent score. You know, it's not the best money in the bank. 
uh, ever by a long shot. Uh, definitely not the best Money in the Bank matches by a long shot, but not bad. Definitely not a bad pay-per-view at all. I would recommend you check it out. If you haven't checked it out, I'd check it out. Especially, like, Money in the Banks are always enjoyable, right? So check out the Money in the Banks at least. If you're a tag team person, check out that Usos one because it was good. Considering they're, they're pretty few and far between having uh, good tag team matches in the WWE. Um, so we're going to move right along. We're going to go to Raw. Um, this will be a, hopefully a little bit faster than my Money in the Bank thing. It was a pay-per-view. I enjoy pay-per-views. There's a little bit more meat on the bone, as per se, on a pay-per-view than there is a show. Especially a fucking three-hour Raw that is filled with like an hour of self-promotion. But Raw kicks off with Bobby Lashley. Comes out. Crowd is eating him up. Yum, 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 yum. I'm pretty sure they're still in Vegas here. A lot of love for Bobby here. New champion, looking good. Uh, Theory comes out, does his shit. They're setting up a, a match here for Bobby versus Theory by the looks of it. So I don't know if we're going to get that John Cena match. I, I I hope we get at least see John Cena at SummerSlam. Uh, that'd be cool because I, I you know, I, I, I really like John Cena now. Uh, I recently watched The Suicide Squad. He was in it. Um, I haven't watched that show yet um, where he plays that character he plays in Suicide Squad. Uh, Incredible. Incredible. Just very, very enjoyable acting. Uh, I'm I'm smitten. I'm smitten by John Cena's acting. I even liked Ferdinand, man. This animated film. Underrated. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Ferdinand. He's a bull. It's awesome. Uh, After that, Mysterio uh, is fighting Judgment Day. Um, oh, sorry, no, they're in San Diego, which is um, Rey Mysterio's hometown. And what do they do? They uh, pretty much, well, they have a tag team match with Judgment Day, and they pretty much give a give us a commercial for most, if not the whole match. And that's a great respect for uh, Rey Mysterio in his hometown, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, waiting for that Dominic turn, waiting for him to turn on good old Rey Mysterio, and we can have that match finally, because I'm... You know, Dominic's just been kind of stagnant for so long, don't really give a shit about him. So let's turn him heel, let's have him fight daddy, and let's make it cool. Uh, They did have a funny Eddie Guerrero finish in this match. Viva La Raza. You know, Ray hits, uh, fakes the chair shot, lays down, knocked out. Classic Eddie Guerrero finish. Loved it. That was awesome stuff. Anything involving Eddie Guerrero, baby. That's some good stuff. Um, After that, we get a setup for The Miz versus... uh, Jake Paul at SummerSlam. Um, Champa comes out. He's been coming out recently helping The Miz. Big old question mark. Don't know why. Why can't we do cool things with Champa? He's so talented. I love him. Please. So, I don't know. It, it could be leading up to... Uh, well, then AJ comes out, I think. I think he came out, or he was talking on the Tron. So, I don't know if they're setting up here for an AJ Styles, Jake Paul versus Miz Champa tag match? At SummerSlam, I'm not into it. Let's throw... I don't know. I'm just... I don't... I don't want that at all, really. So, yeah. But it's probably not going to be ba- as bad as as I think it will be. Because, you know, Jake Paul is not bad in the ring. You know, he's got some talent there. Um. Okay, so then after that, Liv Morgan shows up. SmackDown Women's Champion showing up on Raw. Can't really figure that one out. Uh, I guess they just couldn't fucking resist themselves. They just got to get her out there and just address the crowd as soon as possible. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Mm. Jesus almighty. Good lord. Uh, she comes out. Mella comes out with Natalia. 
I love Carmella. She's like, what are you even doing here? Like, you don't even go here. Go back to Raw or go go back to SmackDown where you belong. Solid chirp. You know, it's true. I agreed with her. And then uh, they attack. They attack and attack. Uh, Natalia and Mella attacking attacking the new SmackDown Women's Champion, and then Bianca comes out for the save, and the two champions stand gloriously together. Okay, awesome. Don't know what that's really setting up, but it, it happened. Um, there was some weird backstage. It was 4th of July kind of celebration going on. Got a barbecue thing going on. Some wrestlers hanging out, having a good time. You got uh, Zeke back there just kind of hanging out, having a hot dog, trying to get that ketchup open. <laughs> fucking squirts it all over Seth Rollins. Guess guess what Seth was wearing? A fucking all-white, like, suit. Got ketchup all over him. He goes with the crazy freaking laugh, and then it's just Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins is a psychopath. I love him. Um, they, <laughs> they have a match uh, that sets up a match. Seth wins, obviously. Uh, Riddle comes out to defend Zeke. So maybe we got a, a Seth Rollins versus Riddle match coming for SummerSlam. And I think that would be a fucking, probably the best match on the card. Uh, yeah, because those two are great. And I think those two in the ring together would be uh, really good chemistry. So I, I'm down with that. Um, maybe we get Riddle to get that big win at SummerSlam over Seth to solidify him as a main event player. I'd be fucking all in. I am all in on bro. Uh, don't like him as much as I did like in NXT. Oh, oh, oh and stuff uh, since Randy left, but I think he's doing great. I still love him. I still all in on him. Uh, that leads to a hot dog eating contest between Otis and uh, Dawkins. Chaos ensues. Bunch of hot dogs are eaten. Otis gets like, I think, let's say 24. Dawkins got 23, and everyone's celebrating, having a good time. Fucking Otis, and then it pans over. Tazawa's sitting there. Does not look good. He ate 40, over 40 motherfucking hot dogs. God damn. God damn. Uh, that, that goes to, uh, <laughs> that was a great, that was a great moment with Tazawa. I actually really enjoyed Tazawa. Guy's been given nothing but garbage, but every time he's on, on, on air, I, I enjoy him. He's, he's very entertaining. He's very funny. Uh, that leads to a six man tag team match between Alpha Academy. Uh, teaming with Theory versus the Street Pop Profits. Profits, I'm starting to lose it, guys. Uh, and and Bobby, Bobby uh, Lashley. Good guys win. Uh, that follows with Otis vomiting all the hot dogs up. Looked great. Don't know if that was real throw up or not. Didn't look good. Hell of a shit. Uh, after that, great, uh, great promo from Becky Lynch. You know, just great stuff. I mean... Becky is 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 really hitting a stride here. I think her and Seth Rollins are kind of do like I don't know out crazying each other. I just love Becky right now, man. She is she is on fire. Uh, that leads to back out into the ring. You got R Truth comes out as Uncle Sam gets absolutely exodiated by by uh, Gunther. Just comes out and demolishes him. I love what they're doing with Gunther right now. Intercontinental Champion, dominant. Destroy trucking guys every week looking good. I like it. I hate they changed his name, but I'm happy. Dude is getting ripped. He's lost weight. He looks amazing. And and right now, you can put that. You can put anybody in the ring with that guy. He should beat them, and he should be a world champion in no time. I'm hoping. Or if not, he's gonna hold this. I don't know who's taking that Intercontinental Championship from him. So. Hopefully, um, with Gunther, we can get the Intercontinental Championship back to where it used to be. I need some coffee, dog. Mm. 
getting dry up in here. Coffee isn't really a good thing to be drinking while I'm recording a podcast. After that, we go to uh, the main event. I think, pretty sure that's the main event. Is that the end? Yep. Main event. You got a no holds barred match, which is a little refreshing. You don't see a lot of these stipulation matches on WWE programming unless it's on a pay per view. Uh, go take a look at NX or uh, AEW. They have fucking uh, insane things. They had fucking war games on free TV last week. Uh, blood and guts, like pay per view quality matches every week. Unbelievable. Um, but no hold barred match. Awesome match. Becky and and Oscar have amazing chemistry. I really enjoyed this match. Hard hitting, good bumps, a lot of a lot of weapons. I mean, not a lot of weapons, no blood and shit. Good match. I love the chemistry of these two. Becky wins, and the stipulation for this match is whoever wins will be facing Bianca at SummerSlam. So we are set now for a Bianca and Becky rematch at SummerSlam. I'm pretty hyped up for that one. The WrestleMania match was good. I think she fought Becky. Whatever, the Bianca match at WrestleMania was good. So there's Raw. Uh, you know, not a great show other than the, the main event. Uh, mostly a lot of setup for SummerSlam. We're on our way to SummerSlam, so that's what we're going to be doing now. We're setting up storylines, setting up rivalries for SummerSlam. So, you know, mess show. You didn't miss anything if you didn't watch it other than Otis puking. So if you want to watch a, a big weight lifter, eat a bunch of hot dogs and throw up, be my guest. It was pretty entertaining. Um, then we move on to, what is that, Tuesday night? NXT Great American Bash. Okay. So, this happened. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really going to count this as a pay-per-view, really. Uh, I'm not scoring anything. Uh, it was more or less just a, a little bit more like a championship-filled NXT. Uh, 2.0, not original NXT, which would have been fine. Um, so we start out with um, new tag team champions, Cora Jade and uh, Roxanne defeat Toxic Attraction. All right. Um, kind of like Toxic Attraction. You know, I thought they were a pretty cool little tag team, but I do kind of like the team of uh, Jade and Roxanne. At least they're wearing matching colors and stuff, which is great. They don't usually do that. They usually just throw two people together randomly, and there you go. They don't usually put in the effort to give them matching attire or an entrance. So, you know, good for them. I'm, I'm fine with them. That's, uh, that's great. Um, after that, it goes into a Trick Williams match. Uh... And he defeated Wesley. Now, obviously, Mello helped him with that. But, like, what the fuck, man? Like, Trick Williams. Like, even if he got help, I think that Wesley should have definitely won this match. Because I think he's pretty good, man. I, I, I'm, I'm into him. I'm sad that his tag team got broken up. Some controversy there with his partner. Doing some weird shit. He gets let go from the company, so he's left high and dry all by himself. But I think he's actually done a, a good job so far with his single push or a single run. And I think uh, he's convincing. He's intense. His wrestling's good. I love his hair. He's got that floppy, awesome Afro hair thing going on. Nice, nice goatee combo thing. Good look. I like the look. Um, I like this guy. And uh, he loses to Trick Williams, who's kind of like the lackey of Mello. Uh... Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of matches usually, and I just kind of found it weird that he lost. So, yeah, that was kind of a bummer. 
after that, kind of another bummer. We got uh, Tiffany Stratton up against Wendy Chu. And Wendy Chu being one of the more uh, interesting, fun, kind of interest. I said interesting, uh, dynamic, different style character. Now, if my wife was to be a wrestler, this is the kind of wrestler she would develop. Uh, she comes out with the with the pajamas on, all comfy and cozy. Got the got the drink. All I got the snacks. Got the got the pillows. She's all ready to go, and she's got this like sleepy offense. It's really cool. I'm really down with um, Wendy Chu, man. I think she's pretty cool. I don't know if she's gonna be a main eventer with a gimmick like that. It's rare to see a funny gimmick. You know what I'm saying? Kind of be a main eventer. It doesn't usually work, sadly. Even though, like, we all want it, but then when it happens, it's just like, we're like, ah, maybe that's why it's not so, like, good. But whatever. I like Wendy Chu. And, but sadly, Tiffany Stratton defeats her. Um, my wife thinks that she's a man. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that she isn't. Um... I won't ask her about it. Um, that's just how my wife feels. She thinks she got a manly face. I, I have no. I'm not going to comment. Um, Tiffany Stratton wins. Uh, a, a kind of back-to-back, kind of disappointing losses for kind of two wrestlers I'm rooting for right here. And then after that, we go to uh, the North American title match between uh, Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller. Uh, kind of weird. I I don't understand. Uh, kind of heel versus heel. Like, Grayson Waller's 100% heel, obviously. And, like, fucking Carmelo is like, I don't know what the hell he is. Like, sometimes he's a heel, sometimes people dig him. So, kind of a weird pairing there. Um, okay match, you know. Not, it's just, it was, it was just fine, you know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I'm not big fans on either of these guys. Grayson Waller's okay. He has some pretty good heat. Uh, you know, just kind of mad. You know, just kind of mad. If I was to give it anything, it'd be like a, a lot of these matches would be like four out of ten, five out of ten. There's nothing, nothing out here that really spoke to me as like awesome. I'm sorry, NXT. Uh, I'm rooting for you still. Like I, I'm, I'm hoping for you guys. I know it's kind of a rebuild situation here. Lots of new talent. But uh, there are some good guys here. And speaking... Uh, well, I guess we're not getting to... <laughs> speaking of not-so-good guys that I don't like. The Creed Brothers. The yell-in-my-mouth guys, as I call them. I don't know if you guys know this, notice this, but um, I don't really know their names. But one of the Creed Brothers... Um, I don't know, the taller one, the more thin one... Likes to scream into the mouth of the shorter kind of bulkier one they like to yell in their mouths before their matches get really close to each other you know real fucking close and i it weirds me out i'm not gonna lie weirds me out i don't it's not a gay thing it's nothing like that it's just their their intensity gets a little weird they get way too intense way too hyped up before their matches i like them in the ring though they are good in the ring i don't really have a problem with them in the ring they're nothing like amazing yet but i i, I like their i like their gimmick you know they're Throwing guys around super and fucking tense, you know. I, I like them as champions right now. They're they're doing okay, but they're not fucking wowing me or anything. Um, but they're up against uh, Kemp and Strong. <sighs> Poor Roderick Strong, man. I mean, uh, I was a pretty big fan of this guy at the beginning. The Messiah of the Brack of the Backbreaker. I just kind of love that gimmick. Like this guy just laying out all these backbreakers. Cool offense. A backbreaker is a mean move, dude. Mean move, and he was just the man of it. And his run there with Johnny Gargano and the family. 
amazing. When he was doing the therapy, amazing. My wife hates him. Hates Roderick Strong. Sorry, Roddy. I dig you, dog. My wife hates you. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so Creed Brothers retain the titles. Cool. I'm happy we can keep a title on people for longer than a couple weeks. Let's keep the momentum going with the Creed Brothers. Let's get some momentum behind these guys. Let's get some feuds going. Some good meaningful feuds because right now what i'm seeing on nxt just mm, ah, just mm, ah, yeah you know just mm. i'm gonna take some coffee here and we're gonna talk about the main event mm-hmm. all right main event time braun baker braun breaker not baker breaker with two k's motherfucker two k's don't know about that one up against cameron grimes grime time baby one of my favorites in nxt right now like Cameron Grimes, I would almost say I love Cameron Grimes. He's awesome, dude. I mean, he's really cool. And uh, sadly, he does not get the fucking job done. Braun Breaker be- beats him. Um, yeah, I mean, Cameron's been going through a little bit of a change. Jesus. A bit of a change. Kind of getting a little bit more intense. Kind of leaving behind the funny gimmick, which leads me to believe that this guy is going to become a main event player, a serious main event player in the near future here. I thought maybe it'd be tonight because like, it seems like they just want to give Braun Breaker as many championships as possible. So who cares? Win it, lose it in a month, win it back two weeks later, drop it again in a couple weeks, whatever. Just get Braun Breaker three championships so he can be ah, Braun Breaker. I'm not going to lie, dude. I love Braun Breaker when he first showed up. I was all in. I was like, oh, look at this guy. Meath and fucking shit. I didn't even know he was a Steiner at first. Then I, then I, boom, once I started hearing him talk, I was like, yo, this guy talks just like Scott Steiner. And then he brought up the math thing. And I was like, oh my God, he's amazing. Fucking. So, you know, I like Braun Breaker. I like him, but I'm nervous. I'm, uh, I'm getting some of that John Cena vibes when John Cena first got to the top of the mountain where he just wins everything all the time he always has the championships you know he always beats the guys everyone's kind of rooting for and yeah you know it was okay overall i mean nxt great american bash the not so great american bash in my opinion the kind of meh great american the the meh bash of america we'll call it um yeah not not super great uh, kind of expecting more out of out of out of that. Um, a little bit disappointing. Maybe I was a little burned out. There's a lot of wrestling this week, but uh, yeah. Overall, if you want to check it out, if you guys have any thoughts on on what you saw in there, I didn't see a whole lot. So, not even worthy of me giving them scores because it's not necessarily a real pay per view. It's kind of just uh, episode of NXT with a different title. So that's that. Uh, we'll move into uh, SmackDown here. So SmackDown kicks off with uh, the Bloodline. Uh, that's the Usos, Roman Reigns, and Paul Heyman. They're all coming out. Going to come out and do their thing. Going to address the crowd. But Theory was standing behind them. And he was ominously holding his money in the uh, in the bank briefcase. Just letting everybody know, hey, I have the briefcase. Uh, they all get in the ring. Roman is popping off, saying his stuff. I'm in God mode. I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns right now. I think he's with the the bloodline, and especially with Paul Heyman joining them. It's They've been just very entertaining. Roman Reigns has been very entertaining. He doesn't always put on the best matches, but he doesn't always have the best opponents to put on those kind of matches. You know, he has to deal with, like, Goldbergs, and he and Brock Lesnar matches are usually, like, hit and miss. It's rather they're, like... 
they're kind of all the same, but it's just like that level of intensity rather goes up or down. For me, they're a little bit hit and miss, but um, Paul Heyman in the ring looking pretty pretty worried. He's pretty worried about Brock Lesnar. He doesn't think that, um, you know, the Beast is going to come out being, uh, being the Beast. He's going to come out. He's going to be on a mission, and uh, Heyman's a little bit worried about that. Um, trying to hype some, okay, again, I have a little bit of difficulty reading my own, my own writing somehow, and then Heyman just hypes up Roman Reigns in amazing fashion, Paul Heyman is the, probably the greatest treasure that they have in the WWE right now, he is, everybody that he's been put with, he, it's just gold, he's one of the best promos in the business, quite possibly the best promo in the company right now. He's immensely entertaining with his, I love you, bro. my my tribal chief. I, I love you so much, please. It's amazing. It's it's just incredibly entertaining. I love it. I, I wish we could just hear from uh, Heyman all the time. Uh, Theory runs out, does a little uh, lap around the ring, just kind of showing off his briefcase, does a little lap and then fucks right off. He's out of there and uh, that was it for that segment. Uh, they move into uh, the Viking Raiders uh, <laughs> coming uh, out, and they're going to be fighting uh, Jinder, Mahal, and Shanky. Uh, Viking, Raider, Viking Raiders getting what is probably their seventh rebrand uh, since joining. Um, they're going back to the really intense, uh, hard-hitting, uh, vicious Viking men instead of the, they were, I don't know, man, they've been lost for a long time, but here we are again, another rebrand, another retool with these guys, um, I'm digging them so far, uh, the other side of that, Jinder and Shanky, oh my god, dude, this is embarrassing, Shanky comes out and he does these really stupid dances when Jinder's not looking and then, Ginger's, Ginger's just trying to be a professional here, y'all. He's just, I just want to have my my match. I want to go, oots, oots, so he can do his fucking finishing maneuver. And no, he's got this guy, this huge, lanky motherfucker who could, you know, with the size of this guy, they could actually do something with him. But no, they make him into a comedy act, and he it just dances. He doesn't focus on matches. It's, it's not very entertaining at all. They get absolutely uh, destroyed obviously, by the Viking Raiders because Shanky's too busy dancing. Uh, they get beaten down uh, after the match. Uh, New Day comes out. They got some stuff to say. They're doing crazy. New Day's unreal. I think uh, everyone's pretty much on the same page with that. Everyone really enjoys the New Day. I uh, was not there when the New Day formed, but um, I was here for when they were definitely in their prime with all the unicorns and the bootios, and they were doing their thing, and I'm, I'm super down with them. I, I, I feel like they're, they definitely don't get the due that they deserve in this company. They've literally, at some points, been holding the company up. Like, the matches that they had with the Usos. Like, those are some of the best matches they were putting on. And a lot of them were on fucking pre-show for the pay-per-views that they were on, which was shocking to me. And I was like, that was the best match on the show. And, and a lot of people aren't going to see it because it was on pre-show. But, uh, yeah, not very cool. Uh, New Day ends up getting beaten down by the Viking Raiders. So, you know, they're trying to make the Viking Raiders look look tough which is which i'm good with that's who they should be i did really enjoy the viking raiders when they were doing a little bit of a goofy thing with uh, street profits it was very entertaining but uh, i don't know man like wwe when they write for comedy they have i don't know it just really kind of derails or kind of brings that character to a wall when like especially a character like that that they're more serious but 
I, I'm a fan of the Viking Raiders. I just wish that they would be utilized properly, and it looks like maybe they're on the right track here, so that's decent. Uh, Pat McAfee uh, is jumped by uh, Corbin at Money in the Bank. We didn't get to see this, or at least I didn't see it when I was watching Money in the Bank, but after uh, one of the matches, Baron Corbin jumps... Um, Goddamn, what's his name? Pat McAfee. Uh, Pat McAfee's been chirping him for, for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Just give Baron a hard time. Baron had enough. Beat the fuck out of him. So that's cool. Maybe they're going to be fighting at SummerSlam. Uh, Pat McAfee's okay in the ring. He's a pretty good commentator. I, I wasn't huge on him because they got rid of... Um, not 100% of his name right now, but he's doing commentary uh, and impact right now. And I love that guy. Not fucking ring walled the bald guy but uh the other guy i just thought he was great very professional i just found him really good but now he's uh one of the he's the lead uh play-by-play and -play impact now so i'm happy that he's doing something because he's a really good talent and then we get uh gunter comes out gunter uh aka uh walter i don't i just wish they never changed the walter thing the walter thing was cool um, it's not that Gunter is a bad name, it's just that they rebrand so much for no reason in the company. I don't understand it. Uh, I know maybe they just want to have their own brand hovering over this guy, because Walter's been using that name for, I think, most of his career. But they let him use it here in the UK. He's been Walter for many years in the WWE, so just, it doesn't make sense to me. Um... <laughs> uh, he uh, Gunter's coming out here with uh, with the intent of having an open challenge for his Intercontinental Championship, which is a great sign. Uh, I could definitely see Walter being uh, very effective doing that with his championship. Uh, so who answers the call? None other than Shinsuke Nakamura. And at this time, Corbin is on commentary with Corey Graves. And they imitate, imitate Pat McAfee. And they're like on the table rocking out going, Woo! It's awesome. It was, it was a highlight of the show. It was quite entertaining. I, I really dug that. Um, but instead of having uh, Shinsuke versus Walter, instead we have to watch Shinsuke fight Ludwig. Um... Yeah, it's pretty obvious that Shinsuke was going to get the win there. Um, after the match, Gunter um, is in the ring with Ludwig, and it's punishment time uh, for Ludwig. He lost the match, so Gunter just lights this bitch up with the most thunderous chops. If you have not seen Walter, a.k.a. Gunter, a.k.a. huge fucking Austrian motherfucker... Chop a guy in the chest. I implore you, please, look it up on YouTube. There's definitely going to be a compilation of Walter Chops. You'll fall in love with this guy. The chops that he does are so vicious. And, like, they're, they're still vicious in the WWE. He obviously he takes them back a little bit. Watch some of his indie, indie stuff. This guy is amazing. He hits so goddamn hard. Like, I'm a huge fan of this guy. Uh, I don't really care about Ludwig. I'm cool with him getting chopped down like a tree. It was entertaining. And that was that. After that, we move on. Liv Morgan comes out finally on the proper show. Uh, she was wearing some weird-ass shoes. They were, like, like platform shoes that gave her, like, an extra eight inches. I just had to make note of it. It was weird. Uh, she has an interview with Michael Cole. No one really cares. Uh, that's not true. I mean, the crowd was into it. I just don't really care. Um, she does an okay job. You know, she says, you know, things that people say when I've been trying forever and the crowd saying that she deserves this. I think that's true. She does deserve it. She's put in a lot of time and work in the WWE. I'm just not a big fan of her work. Um, but I'm, I'm still here for her and her championship run. 
I hope she does well. Uh, so far, you know, nothing amazing, but she's not blowing it yet. But, you know, we haven't really gotten to matches or anything. So Natalia comes out again, interrupts the interview, she's talking shit. And then fucking Ronda Rousey comes out. Natalia's saying that, oh, you wouldn't have won this championship if it wasn't for me softening up Ronda beforehand. Blah, blah, blah. Natalia attacks. Liv assists. Kicks kicks out Natalia. And then we have Ronda versus Natalia. Natalia beats her knees down. Makes her tap to an ankle lock, leg lock. You know, when that Kurt Angle style, he gets that. Oh, when Kurt Angle used to lock that in, it was game over, baby. He gets his ankle lock in, and then he wraps wraps his whole body. He wraps his legs around your whole leg, goes down to the ground, and it's just, oh, it's tap out Teddy. But uh, Natalia looking like a fool again. Uh, don't know really where that's going to go. Uh, maybe we're going to have uh, Natalia versus Ronda for a title shot or maybe that was for a title shot but it looks like we're gonna have ronda uh having a rematch versus Liv morgan by the sounds of it here uh after that segment we move into a very disappointing thing that is happening right now in smackdown my boy uh la knight now being called max dupree and his goddamn models come out this is just tragic for me to watch dude like la knight i have uh, I had a lot of hope for this guy. He was extremely entertaining down in NXT doing the, oh, yeah. He's just, basically, if you watch, like, um, Barstool Sports, he reminds me of the pizza review guy. I can't remember his name right now. I'm probably, I'd get shirt for this, but he kind of acts like him. He's just, like, a hot shot. His name's LA Knight, so he's just, you know, big guy. He's got the look, got the nice clothes, got the glasses, talking hot. He's a gr he's great on the mic. His matches are whatever, but he was an, a very entertaining character. He gets moved up to the main roster for zero reason. He's barely gotten anything done yet in NXT. They moved this guy up already, and they make they change his name to fucking Max Dupree. He's not French. He has, hey, as far as I know, I don't see a lick of French in this guy, and... And he just looks defeated when he's out there introducing these male models, which are um, Mace, who they're call calling Masse, which is actually kind of funny. But Mace is this massive, massive athlete. He's huge. He's got a pretty fucking cool look. And they got this guy coming out in short shorts and, you know, doing the full model. It's a, literally it's a full-on model show with, with him and Mansoor. I think they call him Mansoir, or it was Mansoor. Uh, this guy's been around, you know, both of these guys have been around, failed stables they've been in, uh, things just haven't been working out for these guys, and here they are doing this male model thing, it's a fucking disaster, it's not fun to watch, everyone in the crowd hates it, I want LA Knight back, I can't believe you guys have done this to LA Knight, he was probably my favorite guy between like him and uh cameron grimes down there in nxt i thought they're they're just some of the most entertaining guys down there i i miss you la night i uh i hope to god you can come back please please for the love of god i wrote down here just poor la night poor mace and poor monsoor none of them really seem all that into it they're doing the best they can but max dupree aka la night really really looks like he's not enjoying it and i don't fucking blame him it's a terrible gig and i feel bad for him uh, after that, there's an interview with Theory. Madcap appears. Uh, Madcap, you know, kind of changing from the funny guy. He's getting more serious now. He appears He uh, after he wants to fight Theory. So I guess they're going to be getting into it. Maybe in the future, uh, I know Theory's got a U.S. title match. So maybe we're going to work Madcap and Theory into uh, some sort of program. 
uh, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I, Madcap's still pretty new. Um, I'm glad that he kind of shedded the, the goofy thing, but we'll see where it goes, man. We'll see where it goes. I think he has potential. He's got a great look. He's pretty good in the rings. Got great, great energy. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for this guy. I'll say that about a lot of people. There's not a lot of people out there that I'm cheering against, uh, unless that they've been around for a while and I just don't dig their style. Like, um, Lacey Evans and stuff. Actually, we're going to talk about Lacey Evans a little bit here in a second. Um, actually right now, uh, <laughs> the next, um, the next part, uh, it's, uh, supposed to be Aaliyah and Lacey Evans, uh, in a tag team match, but, um, Evans keeps coming out and she comes out her entrance. The crowd's like, eh, she goes back, comes back out, tries again. The crowd's like, uh, okay. What the hell's going on here? She does it again, trying to force the crowd to like her. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? This is interesting. And, um, I just got to find my other notes here, but she keeps coming out and, um, she's mad at the crowd for not cheering for her. And, um, <laughs> she's just like, I, I deserve to be cheered. The crowd is wadding her into oblivion. If you're not sure what the wadding into oblivion is, that's when, uh, someone's trying to cut a promo. And after every time they pause or they pretty much finish any sort sort of sentence, the crowd goes, what? That comes from fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin way back in the day. I, I really wish this would die as a chant. It's nothing against Stone Cold. I just think it's like really demeaning. And, you know, it just kind of sucks, like, if, if if you were doing a promo, like, and you're being told, you're force-fed what to say, and, like, I get it, it's the crowd, like, revolting against, you know, the promo style of the WWE. I think people should be allowed to wing it much more often, because it's very obvious when they're, it's scripted. It's, like, really, really painfully obvious, and you watch a promo in AEW, and you compare it to a promo in the WWE, it's, it's, it's just... AEWs is just so much more passionate and real, and they're so much better at convincing you with promos other than the WWE. You can just tell it's scripted. It's it's not very good. A few people are able to do it, but mostly that comes down to veterans that are able to have a longer leash than a lot of these newer people that definitely don't have a leash. So they're just doing what they're told. But um, this was actually quite enjoyable. Um, in at this point, she's bashing the crowd she's turning heel again this is awesome i am super into that i don't know why they ever turned her baby face because she's a clear downright heel she's a heel she started as a heel i thought she was a good she was a good heel when she first started uh she she kind of got rebranded into a baby face that clearly didn't work i'm happy they realized that didn't work i guess the booze at money in the bank really worked she comes out cuts a really good heel promo like i knew she could she attacks Aaliyah, and then the crowd is heated they're booing her now she's starting to get a good positive reaction out of the crowd booze as a heel is what you're looking for she is definitely much better at getting those boos as a heel uh than getting booed or just no no response is the worst response you can get in the wwe that's a bad thing and she was getting you know not the response and then it turned into a negative response and then booze so yeah happy that she's turning heel here that's a great move let's see where it, oh where it goes after that we got the Usos coming out, uh, and they're fighting Los Lotharios for a title shot for some reason. I don't know where they get Los Lotharios uh, in, in deservance to be in the ring with the Usos, especially for a title shot. But um, obviously, Usos win that one, no problem. 
they're interviewed after for um, uh, they watch the footage of Money in the Bank with Montez Ford's uh, shoulder being up. They're called cheaters. I don't understand that. It was they did not they did not cheat. If anything, it was the referee's fault. So kind of kind of fucking weird for uh, the interviewer to say that to them. They they also give him a weird look. They're like, we didn't fucking cheat. I pinned him. The ref didn't see that his shoulders were up. We didn't cheat. We beat them. So I guess they're gonna be we're gonna be continuing onward here with uh, the Street Profits and. Usos in a rivalry here, which is great. I think they have great chemistry. And let's hope that the Street Profits can end up with the big win maybe this time at SummerSlam. Let's I'm hoping for that, man. I really like the Street Profits. Um Okay, so after this, I guess is this all? I think we're done here. Okay, so the main event. I got what I wanted. I get my I get some more Drew McIntyre and uh Sheamus. This is great. Um I'm a little disappointed because um Oh, actually, no, I didn't get what I wanted. They were teasing me the whole match, but it ended up getting changed. We'll talk about it in a second here. Uh, title match set up here, Sheamus versus McIntyre. They were teasing it the whole goddamn night. And by the time they got to this, I think there was eight minutes left in the show, roughly. So I was like, okay, so this isn't going to be like a brawl or anything. And then fucking Sheamus starts faking this cough. He's like, <coughs> oh, I'm sick. And then fucking Butch takes over. So instead of uh, getting my Sheamus McIntyre match, I'm getting Butch and McIntyre. And I have to tell you, I am a massive fan of Butch. Uh, maybe not so much Bush, uh, Butch that character, but um, the Bruiserweight man. I I I love the Bruiserweight. When I first saw this guy in that tournament uh, years and years ago against um, oh man, was it Tyler Tyler Breeze or something? Mustache Mountain, massive thighs. That was incredible. I saw this guy wrestle. He like does the ligament uh, maneuvers, like bending fingers. He's super hard hitting. He's incredible. And then like being called the Bruiserweight is such a cool freaking name. And now he's he had a long run. He was uh, doing the U, uh, NXT UK thing. I don't really watch NXT UK. There's just so much wrestling. I just don't have time for it. I was watching it, but I just fell out of it there's some things about nxt uk that drive me fucking crazy mostly they're they're inputted crowd noises and they're they use the same sound bites over and over again and it drives me crazy i can't watch it anyway um bruiserweight was kind of like losing his way in the nxt uk and nxt rosters they brought him up rebranded him as butch and now he's just this like absolutely insane on fire uncontrollable little freaking ball of hatred and he just wants to go out and fight it's pretty entertaining i kind of like it um as long as this guy's on tv he's getting airtime uh it seems to be going well he's working with sheamus and uh rich holland who's also kind of a newer guy from really didn't have much of a resume down in the nxt area he just kind of shot up on the main roster randomly really fast but at least it looks like a pretty prominent role in the tv you're with Sheamus Sheamus is amazing so I, I hope we can get uh more out of Butch uh more so uh, Butch than Ridge but anyway the match um doesn't really okay yeah so they were trying to they're interfering classic stuff obviously Drew McIntyre uh gets gets the match uh gets the win hits the Claymore 
And uh, boom, there's going to be a title shot between uh, Drew McIntyre and whoever comes out of SummerSlam with the uh, with the title between Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Uh, we all we both we all know that uh, Drew McIntyre's had a hell of a history with both of those people. Brock Lesnar, he beat him at the Rumble to win the Rumble and then won the title. He's beaten him. He's beaten Roman. I'm pretty sure so. I, I, I'm a big fan of Drew McIntyre. If there's one thing, if I had Drew sitting here in front of me, if I could tell him just one thing, can you please stop with the 3-2-1 countdown, man? Can we come up? There's got to be something better than that. I mean, that's got to be one of the... Like, if someone said, hey, can you do something, you know, something that to... Uh, amp up your finishing maneuver when you're when you're in the corner he's like oh i'm about to count it down three two one and they're like yeah sure yeah that's something that fucking anybody can come up with in like four seconds i mean i just wish they put a little bit more work into that one you know what i'm saying um otherwise uh, that was the show it was okay nothing really amazing there on the show but um some pretty pretty entertaining uh, overall smackdown nothing amazing you know a very that's kind of what SmackDown is these days. You know, nothing too amazing, but, you know, I didn't hate it. So it wasn't the worst show ever, but it wasn't the best. Um, now we get to move on to the fun stuff. We get to go over to AEW. Dynamite. Now, fucking hell. These guys had a hell of a show this week. Uh, right out of the gate, man. Like, Dynamite's kicking it off with a TNT title street fight uh, between Wardlow and Scorpio Sky. Now, if you don't know who Wardlow is, Wardlow is kind of like WWE's Batista. Uh, if you remember Batista, he kind of was like this big muscle man. He kind of gets paired with, uh, he was paired with MJF. I kind of remind it, it reminds me of like Batista and Evolution. You know, this big muscle guy, he, uh, he's kind of getting, you know, he's just kind of being treated badly in, in his thing. And you're just kind of waiting for him to like, you know, man up and he's going to take over and he's going to become his own man. And that's exactly what Wardlow did. Uh, AEW nailed this. The crowd is fucking in love with this guy. This guy power bombs you into oblivion. They call it the power bomb symphony where he's just going to lay you out with like five to ten power bombs in a row. The crowd is eating it up. Yum, yum, yum. So Wardlow is kind of got a, ra a rocket strapped to him right now. He's got huge momentum. I'm I really dig this guy. I hope um I get a little exhausted with the with the power bomb symphony thing. It's really entertaining right now. I just hope we don't make that like an every match kind of thing. I don't want to see 10 10 power bombs in a row. It gets a it's going it, to that's something that was going to get old really quick. But um and then Scorpio Sky being the champion, this guy's just an excellent veteran uh just uh, not really anything bad at all to say about this guy i'm a big fan um and he's with top team here uh the match starts out there's some obvious top team interference um there is an incredible swanton bomb by wardlow and uh, may i add that wardlow is like 260 280 pounds he is massive like 6'5 he's a he is massive he's a huge guy and he does this insane swanton bomb massive air it had my mouth hit the hit the hit the ground like i was like holy shit dude this guy is an athlete he's amazing um 
Wardlow gets hit by the belt. He kick out at very close near fall there. Wardlow goes ham. He gets all the momentum, hits the powerbomb symphony. One, two, three, boom. You got a new champion. Wardlow has now won his first championship in AEW. Congratulations, Wardlow. Let's let's fucking, this guy's got the rocket strapped to him. He's got momentum, and AEW rewards that with a championship victory. Fucking rights. Good job, Wardlow. Solid match. Very entertaining. I uh, don't have a rating for this one. Like I said, I'm not going to rate uh, matches on like regular shows unless it's like above a seven or it's like under a two. If it's really bad, I'll say something about it. But if it falls somewhere in the middle, that's how we do. I can't. I'm not. It's just too much. Okay. Uh, after that, we get. Christian coming out with Luchasaurus, the newly turned heel Luchasaurus. Um, I mean, it was inevitable. I, I kind of saw it coming the second Christian got involved with uh, Lucha Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy. Uh, I kind of thought that it was going to be the other way, that like um, Christian was going to go with Jungle Boy, or, or it was going to be a little bit more like Christian like gets into the head of jungle boy and makes him turn on on luchasaurus but they did it the other way and christian hooks up with uh luchasaurus he, he you know whispers some stuff to him probably some money getting thrown at luchasaurus to join up with christian but i fucking love these two i love luchasaurus as a heel he is this massive he if you guys don't know who luchasaurus is look this guy up he is fucking sick he is like six foot seven wears this like awesome dinosaur lucha mask Got the green tongue, the green face, long hair. He's buff and ripped to fucking... He looks like a god. Chiseled out of stone. He's athletic as all holy. Like, he should not be doing this stuff at his size. He's an insane athlete. Does backflips, judo. You name it. This guy could fucking do it. And now he's a heel. It's time for this guy to go out on his own. And the heel route is perfect. This guy is going to be an absolute heel monster. Destroying everybody. And on top of that, you have Heel Christian. Which is one of my favorite things of all time. Heel Christian. Like, if you didn't get to witness Heel Christian in the Impact Wrestling days. When he first showed up there. And he was, like, hooked up with, like, Tyson Tomko. Oh my god, dude. Heel Christian. And you give this guy a main event spotlight. This guy is one of the best promos he's one of the most just entertaining speakers i i i've ever seen in the business and now we get to see him he's unleashed he comes out here with luchasaurus and uh dude fucking matt hardy comes out trying to interrupt and christian just roasts the absolute fuck out of the hardys matt hardy excuse me jeff hardy Talking about their drug problems and and how Matt's always just like piggybacking off of Jeff's success. It fucking roasted this guy. It torched him. Absolutely torched him. I absolutely love Christian right now. Christian is immensely entertaining. He will say anything. The crowd is shocked. They they just like, were just blown away, away away by the things he's saying. I love this. And then with the cherry on top, they put fucking Matt Hardy through a goddamn table. And may I mention that um, the choke slam has been one of the most underutilized moves, and uh, a lot of the time it goes to like a choke bomb or something like that. I am. I just need to say that I am fucking so goddamn happy that Luchasaurus is pulling out a disgusting choke slam, just like old school Kane did. One handed, just wham, like seven, seven and a half, eight feet in the air, all back. Big impact. Love it. Let's go. I am super duper into these guys. Um, I love this. I love what they're doing with it. Uh, we're going to see Jungle Boy. I like to call him Jingle Boy sometimes. So if I accidentally say Jingle instead of Jungle, 
uh, we're gonna, you're gonna learn some names, okay? Don't worry about it. Um, after that, we got Claudio, who uh, recently, just on the last pay-per-view, joined AEW. Claudio, as you may know him as Cesaro in the WWE, came into the company at the at the Blood and Guts pay-per-view or or whatever was before that to uh, an eruption, uh, large pop. Everyone's so fucking happy to see this guy, me included, wasting away in the WWE. This guy is insane talented could put can work with anybody he may not be the best promo but um again you don't get to see uh people being exactly comfortable doing promos in the wwe because they don't ov overly allow you to be who you are and here already we can already see like the weight is lifted off of, of, of cesaro claudio um he just looks so happy. He looks absolutely re-energized. He, it, it's great. I'm so happy to see him here. I, I didn't really see it coming. I'm just glad he's here. Um, yeah, dude. And then he gets into a backstage argument with fucking Jake Hager, another WWE guy. Now Jake Hager's been out of WWE for a, a lot longer than him, but these guys definitely met each other, I believe, in the WWE, and it's sweet to see them meeting up face to face. And um. Yeah, man, they were throwing shade at the WWE, making some comments, some jabs there at the WWE, which is like a little bit of a staple with uh, AEW. They they do not pull back punches when it comes to talking shit about the WWE. And WWE does not play that game. They don't like to bring up other companies' names. That's just not a thing they do. Uh, I understand why, but um, I, I super love when AEW throws it at 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 WWE, like, like, what are you guys gonna do about it? Like, you know we're better than you, and I think every wrestling fan knows this as well, and uh, I don't think WWE wants to uh, give them any form of fuel to get them going. So it looks like, I think those two are going to be fighting next week. I think on Rampage or something. If not, it's going to happen soon. That's going to be a banger, man. That's going to be an absolute banger. So that's the difference between like a uh, an AEW match when they announce a match like it's actually exciting unlike like when they announce a match for WWE for a lot of the time unless Seth Rollins is involved or like AJ Styles I don't really get all that excited um yeah I'm, I'm throwing a lot of shade at WWE but I, like I am a fan of it I'm just a hurt fan is all I just want it to be like I know it can do so much better so that's that's all I want. I just wanted to be better again. Like it was it was really enjoyable when I got here in 2016. I really enjoyed like 16, 17, like 18 and just like lately it just hasn't been very good at all. Um okay, hold on. I just want to make sure I got all my notes here in the proper order. Okay, cuz I kind of got them all weird. Okay. So after Claudio and that, we got a uh, Swerve, Swerve in their glory, uh aka Swerve Swerve Scott, Swerve Lee, Swerve Ike Strickland, I don't remember, uh, Swerve, Swerve, uh, and uh, Keith Lee come out, they're, they're a tag team now, they're calling themselves Swerve in their glory, pretty clever, I like that. Honest to God, not really sure why they're putting Keith Lee in a tag team. I think this guy should absolutely be thriving on his own, just fucking demolishing people, but right now he's in the tag team, uh, and they're up against Butcher and the Blade. This was a um, pretty solid match, not gonna lie, there was some... Uh, miscommunication between Swerve and their glory, the kind of like teasing a little bit of, I don't know if they're going to break up or and maybe get into a program against each other, because I think that would be really good, having Keith Lee going up against a really dynamic, aerial-style guide, and I think, I think uh, uh, Swerve would just make Keith Lee look amazing, he would be able to sell his ass off for him, so maybe that's, it, that's coming, they've been kind of teasing it a little bit, 
Uh, Ricky and Powerhouse stocks come out. Powerhouse, I fucking love that. Um, his his entrance music's great time, uh, especially when Taz Taz being quite possibly my favorite commentator of all time. Uh, man, he is very entertaining. Uh, they come out, they're calling out Swerve, Young Bucks come out after that, chirping everybody, everyone's getting chirped, and then they set up a triple threat tag team match for, um, Young Bucks versus, uh, I I believe Powerhouse and Ricky Stocks, and Swerve in their glory, who won the match against Butcher and the Blade, um, that is gonna be insane, like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, it's just banger after banger, they announce a triple threat tag team match that's just going to be out there next week i believe on dynamite just free tv like go ahead watch it this is a this is a pay-per-view quality match without question and they're going to make it a quality a pay-per-view quality match on on dynamite for sure it's going to be a banger like i don't have many like young bucks tag team match triple threat fucking rights this is going to be awesome uh after that eddie eddie kingston's having an interview what can I say about Eddie Kingston, man? I mean, this guy, again, I'm going to say it. He is, without question, one of the best promos in the business. With His promos are so fucking real. They're so convincing. They're so passionate and fiery. You get fired up listening to this guy. Just go off. You know what he what he's saying. Uh, holds truth to this man. He, he believes all the words. He's passionate about everything that comes out of his mouth. I absolutely adore Eddie Kingston. His matches are extremely entertaining. He may not be very technical, but he will beat the fuck out of anybody in that freaking ring. And that's what he does, man. Eddie Kingston is incredible. One of my favorites in the company right now. Um, he's really, really, like, getting there, man. Like, I think this guy is on the path to pure superstardom possibly world title who knows like the crowd eats this guy up and so do i man like i love eddie kingston um he's calling out chris jericho here (laughs) chris jericho pops up on the jumbotron and uh he slams ruby riot uh she he grabs her fingers and slams her fingers in the car door in a sliding car door of a van fucking eddie kingston is to attend past just past that's his best friend ruby riot possibly lover i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure on that all i know is fucking eddie kingston is fired up he is gonna kill chris jericho and i cannot wait for for these guys to connect like it's gonna be absolute fire dude like eddie kingston chris jericho what dream dream come true it's gonna be incredible um after that uh we go to the dark order has an announcement to make the dark order all comes out negative one's out there negative one being Brody lee's uh son uh he's been hooked up with the dark order ever since his passing and he's just you know this guy (laughs) this kid's got potential man he's gonna i hope to see him someday uh in the ring and uh i hope he makes a great career out of it i think this kid can do it he definitely has passion for it so and uh, the announcement is uh, that they're they're here to stay. Um, they were in Rochester, New York, I believe, which is the hometown of Brody Lee. So that's why they're out there. It was more of a crowd reaction thing. The crowd was eating it up. They're, everyone just loved Brody Lee so much. And then, of course, QT, Marshall, comes out. This dickhead who doesn't even look like a wrestler. He looks like, you know, your, your overweight uncle, like uncle-in-law who just kind of chirps you all the time. Uh, he comes out, he's interrupt, interrupting negative one, uh, he calls out negative one, a child, I think he's nine years old, QT Marshall being a full-grown adult, calls him out for a match, he's like, I'm gonna kick your ass, I'm gonna fight you, young man, I'm gonna fight you, and then fucking, um, Hangman comes out, Hangman comes out, he's been connected to the Dark Order for a little while, uh, just recently lost his world title, 
Um, I thought he had a pretty... Uh, I loved his matches. I loved Hangman's matches. All great matches. He's a, an insanely great competitor. I just... I... I, lo- I really like Hangman, man. I just think he lost a little bit of that momentum that he had uh, prior to, I believe it was an injury. Uh, happens to the best of them. Um, I just feel like he lost a little bit, a bit of a step. I think he he's admitted that. And uh, he's definitely getting back to it. He's finding his confidence again. I enjoyed his uh, world title run, but it wasn't the best one. Definitely not the best one, but it wasn't bad. Um, so he comes out, beats the fucking shit out of QT Marshall, and then Negative One drops a little one-liner on him. It was pretty cute. Um, you know, he's definitely got a little work to do on the promos there, but he definitely would do better than pretty much anyone of his age uh, doing that on a live AEW show. So good for him. That was uh, pretty entertaining and uh, nice, uh, just a nice uh, segment altogether. Uh, after that, we uh, got a match between Penta El Cero Mio versus Roosh. Uh, it's spelled Rush, but it, uh, they say Roosh. Um, now, this guy's pretty new. He's coming from AAA, I believe. He was the world champion over there. Uh, dude looks built. He is just a, a, a little, uh, just a, he's not the biggest guy in terms of stature, but this guy is meaty. He's very buff. And, uh, yeah, he looks really cool. Um, he's going up against Penta here. If you guys don't know who fucking Penta is, uh, Penta is one of the most legendary luchadors in the business right now. If you look up a picture of him, you'll probably recognize him if you've ever watched wrestling. Um, I'm new to this guy. I only got introduced to him fully at when I first started, when AEW first started. And this dude was running the company. He was putting on the best, some of the best matches weekly at the beginning. He's taken a bit of a step back in terms of how main event he is. He is still an extremely popular, important member of the roster. Um, I love this guy. He's an incredible wrestler. Uh, lately, he's been kind of like more on the character side instead of putting on like fucking four, you know, eight out of ten matches every week. He still can. He still does. But uh, be going through some injury troubles. You know, he's, he, he came out of the gate extremely hard putting on these insane matches at the beginning of AEW. And uh, I have to mention his entrance right now is so sick it gets all dark and then it comes it lights up with a with a close-up on the on the cemetery uh tombstone and he comes he pops out from behind it with his all black it's so sick uh penta is a hell of a character a very <laughs> fucking cool character man if you haven't checked him out check him out he is awesome uh this match hard hitting uh you're gonna hear hard hitting is probably gonna be one of the most used descriptive words of aew matches and uh this one definitely had that fast hard hitting matches i mean these guys definitely have some chemistry uh you got a couple luchadors here coming into the ring uh, that's, that's probably going to be really fucking good. Um, Andrade interferes with Penta. Uh, Andrade having his own little group here. He's aligned himself with Roosh. And uh, Penta is uh, with... Uh, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name right now. I knew I was, gonna, I was going to write his name down. But he's aligned with people. Um, and uh, Roosh and um, Andrade have been, like, stealing their masks. If you don't know, um, it is a huge... It's, it's the pretty much the most disrespectful thing you can do to a luchador is to steal their mask. And that is exactly what these guys have been doing. They don't wear masks in their matches, but Penta and his partner definitely wear matches... Uh, wear masks in their matches and that's what they've been doing they stole his mask again in this match and uh, Roosh pins to win so uh, that's been their way of beating these guys 
Uh, it's definitely getting heated. These guys definitely do not like each other. So um, I'm looking forward for, for this uh, to continue going. Uh, great chemistry here. Very hard-hitting match as well. These guys do not fucking hold back anything in their punches. Uh, after that, we go to uh, the Acclaimed and the Guns that come out here for a tag team match against um, Fiego, uh, Fiego del Sol and Bear Country. Guns come out. Um, Max Caster's doing his thing. If you don't know Max Caster and the Acclaimed, they come out and do a little kind of like a John Cena rap every week. And uh, he pretty much just throws shade at, uh, you know, things that are going on in the week, uh, wherever they're they're performing that week. It's very entertaining, and uh, the music is great. These guys, uh, uh, pretty good freestyle. I really enjoy it. But uh, they've been aligned with the Gun Club for the last little bit. Kind of been a little bit of a tension there lately. And uh, the Guns uh, rip the mic out of Max, Max Caster's hand. They interrupt the rap. Crowd's not really into this. Uh, the tag, tag team match starts up. Uh, guns are getting beaten down. Max comes up. Comes in, gets the finish uh, for the match. It's just kind of a not a big nothing really going on. Just kind of a standard tag team match. But um, uh, Max comes in, uh, hits his finisher. The guns steal the pin from him. So we're like, what the hell is going on? These guys are, used to be best friends. They got the scissor thing going on. The scissor thing's been amazing. And guns steal it. And then after. It looks like, you know, there's definitely a problem between the young guns here and uh, the, the acclaimed. And Daddy Gun comes in, uh, Billy Gun, and he pushes down his sons. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And then, boom, turns around, clocks the acclaimed, attacks the acclaimed. They all get beat, they get beaten down. And then, boom, now they're not cool. So we get no more scissors. I was loving the scissor thing. Scissors! It was so good. Uh, they were extremely entertaining, and now that's broken up, so I guess we're going to have the, the Gun Club and the Acclaim kind of getting into a rivalry here, and I'm, I'm looking forward to this because they're, uh, the whole lot of them are, have been extremely entertaining. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes. Let's hope that um, you know the Acclaim get all healed up here, and uh, we, can, we can get into a pretty cool rivalry. Uh, after that, we got Nyla Rose and uh, Shafir coming out, and they're going to be fighting Thunderstorm. Thunderstorm being uh, Thunder Rosa, the current uh, AEW Women's Champion, and uh, uh, Tony Storm, who's also kind of a new addition to AEW, had a run there in the WWE, really just seemed like wasted potential over there. She's doing her thing here. She seems a lot more comfortable. Crowd's more into her. I'm still kind of waiting for her, like, breakout here uh or seem like she's close she just had a title match didn't quite get it done but she's here tagging with um with uh thunder rosa they got a clever tag team name thunderstorm i'm, I'm digging that uh it was a pretty standard tag team match thunderstorm looked like they were working pretty good together here uh kind of like their um their chemistry was decent i just have to say uh tony storm has a pretty large uh hip area uh she's a large very very muscular big area if you know what i'm talking about and uh she does a hip attack if you remember uh umaga uh from the old days he had a big badonky donk on him too and he would run from one corner to the other corner and just full speed turn around and slam his ass into his opponent's head into the into the ring and tony storm does the same thing and it looks absolutely devastating every time she does it i'm like oh my god it's just like i have to let just it looks so brutal i love that move uh, they get the win here, and yeah, it was uh, solid so far. 
Uh, then we go to uh, to the AEW interim world title match. Yes, folks, you heard that right. We're having ourselves a world title match here on AEW just a Wednesday night, having a world title match. And my God, what a fucking match this was. Uh, Brody King of the House of Black going up against your world champion, interim world champion, John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose used to be in the WWE, having just a resurgence here in AEW. Uh, this is his second run as as world champion in the company. Um, what can you say about Dean? What can you say about John? Uh, I've read his book. The guy is a, a hell of a character, a hell of a personality. I'm so happy he's here in AEW, able to do the character and the type of wrestling that he was born to do. And he's absolutely thriving here. The crowd loves him. And he seems to be happy. He seems to be loving it. His life is on a great, in a great place right now by the look of it. And I'm happy for this guy. And then um, Brody King. I don't know a lot about this guy. He's also a pretty new addition to the company. Uh, I know he's been around Japan. He's been around the Indies. He's kind of got a, a name for himself as being an absolute brutalizer out there. And um, if you didn't know who this dude was, uh, you you kind of he kind of got put on the fucking map after this match, man. This was. Vicious is putting it lightly, man. This match was an absolute battle. It starts out like I we all I think we all knew that this was going to be a war, but my fuck was it, it did it didn't it didn't let me down at all. It was a war. And uh it starts out <clears throat> with some absolutely vicious chops from King, uh vicious shots, your know, elbows and these things are connecting. These guys are not pulling back. These chops you can hear it throughout the whole arena. These elbows are connecting on the head. These guys are not pulling it back and it's it's incredible, dude. It's it's extremely entertaining. If you're not into AEW and you like wrestling and you like hard-hitting fucking matches or if you watch strong style matches, you're a fan of that, watch AEW if you aren't already. I can't see why you aren't watching it uh, if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, the, the the fight moves out to the outside of the ring. Outside offense, very hard-hitting stuff out there as well. Slamming into grades, stairs, you name it. Um, King chops are just... I, I can't get over how hard Brody King's chops are. They're so loud. They literally take your breath away just just watching him chop down uh, John Moxley, Moxley's chest. It's getting beat red. It was beat red after like the first two chops. And then everyone after that, you know, just hurts a little bit more and a little bit more. And there was an abundance of chops. Uh, they get back into the ring. John Moxley is working on the leg of King. He's trying to chop down this big man. Um, if I could just quickly describe Brody King, the guy, oh, he's an absolute animal. He is massive. He's probably roughly 300 pounds. He's he is tattooed from head to toe. He's got back pieces, full back piece, Japanese style tattoos covered in him. He looks like an absolute badass, huge beard. Looks like a guy you don't want to fuck with. So, John Moxley's doing what he can. He's hitting him back as hard as possible, attacking the legs. Uh, they go back to the outside of the ring where nothing good's going to happen. Uh, more nasty offense on the outside of the ring. They move back to the inside of the ring. King roughs up John with some more massive chops, dude. And I'm, I'm talking these chops at this, this portion of the match, this is a long match. And these chops are just. Just breathtaking, man. I don't know what to say. It's just, you have to watch this match. 
King hits a massive cannonball. Now, this move is very similar to the one I just talked about with with uh, Tony Storm, where you're just... He does a cannonball, so the, the, the opponent is seated in the corner. He runs his full 300-pound body, does a flip, and just slams his whole backside into the opponent, squishing them in the corner. Absolutely fucking brutal. John somehow gets back into this, uh, takes over with a superplex, a massive superplex. Uh, they're laying there, just dealing with it. More vicious back and forth from these two. Absolutely fucking brutal. Actually, sorry. Um, King misses that cannonball there, and that leads to uh, the superplex takeover for John. But then King does hit the the cannonball and is absolutely vicious. Follows that up with an even a uh, just. Drop on your head, pile driver. Nasty. Kicks out of that near fall. I almost thought Brody King. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to win, but fuck, did they all. They damn near fall there. John hits the paradigm shift, follows with some vicious elbows to the face, locks in the choke. Ref calls the match. John Moxley retains. Holy sweet shit, dude. What a fucking match. Moxley wins. This match is beyond hard hitting. I would have to say this is a must watch. I'm giving it a seven and a half out of ten. This is a very good match. Now, what this now what I want next out of these two? What could bring this up to a nine and a half kind of match? You let these two fight in a goddamn death match. This should not be over between these two. I loved what I saw, and I think everyone around whoever watched this match probably loved it and probably want a little bit more Brody King, man. I was a little surprised that it was Brody King uh, coming out of the House of Black getting this title shot. I thought it'd be Alistair, but here we are. Here I am with my mouth shut. This guy is a player. He impressed the hell out of me with that match. Um, I want more. I want a death match between John Moxley and Brody King. Let's get that done. Uh, after the match, Alistair comes out, pats King on the back, rightfully so, gives him the respect, says, good job, you gave everything you can out there, and then Darby, Allen, and Sting come out, and they want to pay their respects, Darby is just, you know, uh, Darby was beaten by, uh, Brody King to get this, uh, this title match, so Darby's coming out, he wants to pay his respects, Gives him the handshake, and Brody King is like, fuck that, bro. I'm not shaking your hand. Walks away. No words exchanged. And boom. Uh, uh, King, uh, or sorry, Allen and Sting just kind of standing there. They're like, all right. So it looks like we're going to have uh, some bad blood between, I don't know if Moxley and uh, his Blackpool fighting club are going to get involved with the House of Black or if this is going to be a Darby and Sting thing. Regardless, that was a must-watch match, and what a fucking dynamite that was. Another must-watch dynamite. Dynamite right now is absolute must-watch television. If you're a wrestling fan, you're not in on this, get in there. Absolutely. there's never It's never too late, but if you can go back, start from the beginning, or at least go back and watch all their pay-per-views, kind of get caught up with these characters, learn, learn who these guys are. This company is booming right now. Almost everything they do is incredible. I am just smitten by AEW, if you cannot tell already. And we're not done, baby. We're not done. I know this match is really... Not this match, but this is like going to be a long podcast. I'm almost at two fucking hours. I can't believe I'm able to do this. All by my little lonesome self here. I'm going to have a little sip of water. Mm. God, yeah. Okay. We got one more show, guys. If you're still here, thank you so much, by the way, for sticking around. If you're still here listening to this, thank you so much. Um, let's get into it, man. Rampage. 
Rampage, let's go. Uh, Rampage, if you guys don't know it, Rampage is just an hour-long show, Friday night. It's just packed to the brim with just matches, and like it's there's barely any fat on the show, not a lot of self-promotion, minimal interviewing, minimal promos, it's a lot of matches. And they they go they always start right into this, and uh, we're kicking off fucking uh, rampage pretty sweet here. We're kicking it off with a match between Eddie Kingston and Takeshka. Holy fuck, dude! Let me say it again. This is hard hitting, strong style match, man. I don't know much about Takeshka. I think this may even be the first time I've seen this guy fight. This guy's awesome. Goddamn, this guy's awesome. I, I, he's young, he's athletic, he's he's ripped, he's got big arms, and fuck, dude, he hits hard. It was a very entertaining match. Um, they start off again like hard hitting, strong style, just going all at it. No pull, no pulling of the punches here, folks. A incredibly hard German suplex on the out on the apron. Um, vicious, just just absolutely vicious. And then Eddie returns that with a nasty T-bone suplex on the outside of the ring. And I mean the the thud, the thud on the outside of the ring, just just nasty, bro. This match was intense. Uh, more nasty shots inside the ring, trading near falls, trading more hard elbows. Eddie hits two back-to-back spinning back fists, pins and wins. Uh, I gave this match an eight out of ten, dude. This I love this match. Um, I didn't have as like I don't I didn't write down as much because it was just kind of that it was just hard hitting, uh, relentless. The speed, the intensity was excellent. The slams were brutal. The hits were hard. It was it was just very good. These guys had really good chemistry. I don't know if they fought in before, but um, I was into it, dude. This was a great match. Eight out of ten. Uh, after that, we get uh, Gates of Agony, kind of a newer tag team here, versus Lee Moriarty and the Ring of Honor champion Jonathan Gresham. Um, this starts out with some uh, really good tag team offense by GOA, Gates of Agony. I'm just going to abbreviate it to GOA, so makes things easier uh these guys look great man like i i like their their tag team offense they did some really cool tag team maneuvers uh i was digging it uh uh tully blanchard is also aligned with gates of agony so uh gates of agony so he was outside there he distracts jonathan gresham at a point when uh moriarty could have got a tag that they really needed uh gresham walks away and trying to deal with tully blanchard misses the tag uh, at this point, Lee Moriarty is getting absolutely destroyed. Uh, he's probably been in the ring at this point for like six straight minutes, getting absolutely all just destroyed. Um, Lee finally gets a chance to get the hot tag, and Gresham ditches him. That he just he just just ditched him. He walks away. He goes over, hugs, hugs Tully Blanchard. Lee is left in there to get absolutely wrecked by GOA. They get the win. And then uh, what the hell is this? So is Jonathan Gresham joining up with GOA and Tully? I guess we're going to have to kind of wait and find out. Uh, kind of a, a really different look for that character. Jonathan Gresham was kind of a pretty traditional baby face. Uh, a fighter just likes to fight fights respectfully so maybe we're getting a heel turn here or something else uh, i don't know a whole hell of a lot about ring of honor i tried to get into it but obviously the company uh went defunct because of covid so during that time there wasn't really much for me to watch but um as far as i know i believe aew now owns ring of honor so we're looking for like a reboot here um i'm once uh, it gets back up and running i i believe i'm going to be uh, looking more into ring of honor but i have a very tight 
uh, pack schedule as it is already. So I don't really know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, after that, we get a fucking ama- an amazing promo from Eddie Kingston. I mean, if if I had to give an MVP for this week, it's going to Eddie Kingston. I will be giving out an awards uh, at the end of the at the end of these shows, uh, kind of like a three stars thing. Uh, my three favorite matches or my three pre- uh, favorite performers. Um, we'll be doing that at the end of this episode, so stick until the end, and I will give you my three favorite things of the week. Uh, after that amazing promo, we get uh, Serena D plus uh, Marcini, Mar- uh, Mercedes, Mar- Mercedes Martinez versus uh, kind of just a couple jobbers here, local talent. Uh, Serena and Mercedes are kind of arguing over who should be tagged in. So that's leading to a little bit of uh, missed chemistry here. So I don't know if that's going to be part of the storyline, if uh, they kind of get that tightened up or if that ends up being a, a splitting factor for the- for these two women. Uh, I'm not. I don't really have much to say about either of them other than Serena D looks like a really pissed off yoga mom all the time um other than that uh yeah it was kind of a squash match Serena and Mercedes get the why am I saying it like that without Mercedes Mercedes Merce- Mercedes win then uh Serena turns on Mercedes so there you go I just answered my own question maybe I should read my full notes before I just kind of spew them out so yeah uh, looks like they're splitting, and then those two are going to be uh, fighting. Uh, Mercedes is the Ring of Honor women's champion, so they're probably going to be fighting over that. Uh, should be fine. You know, like I said, not a huge... Don't, uh, don't hate them, but I don't love them. They're not my favorite. Okay, here we go. Uh, interview with Gresham. So maybe we're going to get an answer here. Myself uh, claims Tully has the plan. He's the man with the plan. Tully's uh, been a manager to a lot of successful and maybe some not so successful tag teams. So I guess, um, you know, stables are a, a thing in AEW. There's a lot of stables, a lot of tag teams, a lot of people teaming up. Uh, kind of randomly, but AEW makes it work so much better than WWE does. At least they, like make the the pairings make sense or they make it work when when they do it <laughs> excuse me uh he joins up it's gonna be a title match versus lee moriarty and gresham has been set up a uh, ring of honor world championship match uh, i kind of can't see lee moriarty coming out with the win here especially now if gresham is gonna have the backup of tully blanchard and goa so um there's there's a match uh, main event time. Main event is uh, Tony Nese. Uh, yes, another uh, pretty new uh, addition to the AEW family. Was in the WWE for quite a long time. Had a long run in 205. Had some Cruiserweight Championship title reigns. Uh, I believe he was probably uh, had some 24-7 title reigns down there probably as well. Wasn't a big 205 guy. Uh, I enjoyed the character. You know, he had never really got going in the WWE. Kind of a theme, isn't it? But um, here he is in AEW, uh, pretty entertaining character. I kind of like him. Um, he's uh, teamed up with uh, Smart Mark, who's uh, his manager. He's not a wrestler. He's uh, also a pretty entertaining uh, manager here. And uh, he's going up against Orange Cassidy, who he is with the best friends and Danhausen. My God, what if you guys don't know who Orange Cassidy is? Holy shit, dude. This guy is just entertainment personified. This is something that, like... I could see it 100% working in the WWE, but I can also 100% see the WWE ruining this character within a month or two because they would just make him do the same things over and over again. And what makes Orange Cassidy really fun is that he's creative beyond beyond the word creative, um, uh, entertaining, 
an excellent wrestler, extremely unique, unlike anything I've ever seen in wrestling. This guy comes out, he's cool as a cucumber, he is as cool as fucking Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused, he is just like that. Comes out with the sunglasses, he's got the Canadian tuxedo on, wearing denim on denim, and this guy literally literally will wrestle with no hands. He puts his hands in his goddamn pockets, and he will wrestle with his hands in his pockets. And you have to see it to believe it. If you have not seen it, check out Orange Cassidy, man. If you could check out Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, that was an awesome rivalry. It was the coming out party for Orange Cassidy. He's one of the most popular guys on the roster right now, and if not, probably one of the most popular guys in the business right now and he is just extremely entertaining i love this guy uh sky's the limit for him man he's young talented loves he's just he's just excellent dude i don't know what more i could say about him uh best friends are here with him they're fine you know they're they're classy very good tag team i love the hugs that's all great and then dan fucking housing man i did not know about this guy i've been seeing him around i'm like who is this guy and now he's here on aew i get why people love this guy so much he um uh he's hard to explain man maybe like if if matt hardy's broken character got mixed up with like i don't know the hurricane or something maybe you got a little bit of dan Housen here he's extremely entertaining he goes around cursing people uh watch this guy if you don't know who he is again just check up some highlights on this guy i promise you you're going to be entertained um so orange cassidy versus tony niece let's get into it uh Orange Cassidy starts out with his classic orange offense, you know, got the hands in the pockets, um, doing his thing, doing kip-ups kip with no hands, drop picks, kicks with no hands, it's just excellent. Um, obviously, there's some shenanigans on the outside, considering there's like 15 people on the outside of the ring at this time. Uh, nice gets the takeover here, Nice ends up being in full control for quite a bit. Nice stops. Uh, Dan Housen tries to get a curse on Tony Nice. He does not fully get the curse out. Uh, near fall for Orange Cassidy after the distraction from Dan Housen. Uh, nice with a nice, a very nice counter to a near fall. Two massive DDTs by Orange Cassidy. And when I say massive, these motherfuckers were full-on swing DDTs right planted on top of the head and he fucking follows that those two DDTs up with a diving swinging DDT full top of the head into a near fall couldn't believe it thought for sure that was gonna be the end Mark smart Mark interferes and then receives the kicks from Orange Cassidy if you don't know what the kicks are look it up baby Great selling by Smart Mark here. He is just selling these as hard as possible in full agony here. Um, that distracts Orange. Nice gets his power bomb off into a near fall. Mark goes for the hit on Orange Cassidy, but he is interrupted by Hausen, who gives him a dick punch. Straight up dick punch. Curses Tony Nice, gets the curse off. Orange punch, pin and win. This was a good ass match and a fucking good ass rampage. I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. Check out this match. And I would say, out of uh, absolutely check out Rampage. It's a 45-minute show. It's just a power hour. It's it's fucking awesome. If you're if you guys are out there and you're and you're not big wrestling fans, or if you're looking to dip into wrestling, dip into AEW Dynamite, dip into AEW Rampage. 
And I'm not even going to lie, dude. If I had more time, I used to watch Dark, uh, AEW Dark and Elevation. Those are both extremely entertaining products as well. I believe Elevation you can watch for free on, on YouTube. So if, if you don't have the means to watch it, they have some content there, free content for you on YouTube. Just look up uh, AEW Elevation. They have full episodes out there. And I believe, I'm not 100% on this, but I do believe Dark is also available. Very entertaining especially when it comes to the commentating because they let the commentators go like fully off script they can say whatever the hell they want and taz is on it and he's amazing he will i guarantee make you laugh at least one time at least a good bust out gut laughter you know what i'm saying okay i actually fucking completed it that was the week in review um what did you guys think of money in the bank did you have a favorite match out of that what did you think about the winners do you like Liv morgan being uh the winner of the money in the banks uh money in the bank match what did you feel about her cashing in on ronda do you feel that she's gonna have a good run here or do you think it's gonna get blown up and wwe is just gonna blow it and she's gonna end up being back down mid card or worse in no time who knows uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty enter entertaining week of wrestling. It was a very big week of wrestling. Um, I don't even know if I want to bother doing this. I was going to kind of do like a wars thing. But at this point right now, it's without question, I'm always going to pick AEW wins the week over WWE because I can't remember the last time... Um, I don't think there's ever been a week that I've chosen that I was like, yeah, WWE definitely had a better better showcase than AEW did. So AEW without question wins this week, even with WWE's money in the bank. Um, I found AEW dynamite and rampage were more entertaining than money in the bank. Overall, I still liked money in the bank. It was a very good, uh, solid pay-per-view, uh, for WWE standards. It was, it was good. Um, let's get to my three stars of the week. This one's a little tough. Um, like, I want to give some love here to... Um, my third star of the week is going to go to the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. It was a very solid match. Uh, it was fast-paced, hard-hitting. Um, there weren't too many mistakes. Um, it did get a little sloppy, but I kind of enjoyed that sloppiness, if that makes sense. Because it kind of made some of the slams a little bit more brutal. Um... I, I, I'm fine with Liv Morgan winning it. I'm just, it doesn't matter that it was Liv so much. I'm just happy that it was given to someone that deserves it and a woman and a, a woman that needs a push. And she definitely needed that push. So I'm going to give them the third star on that one. Oh, fuck, man. Second star. Second star. This is a tough one, man. There were some pretty good matches here. Uh, this is tough. This is tough. Okay. I think I'm going to go. Let's go with, um, I think I'm going to go with um, the, the, the match between uh, Brody King and uh, John Moxley is going to get my second star of the week. And then I have my first star. My first star without question is going to be Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston uh, with his match against uh, 
I have a hard time remembering that name because he's new. Uh, Sonata, Rampage, hard-hitting. Takeshka, that was an excellent match. And then on top of that, he's been just laying down amazing promo after promo. I think it's the must-see match of the week. If you're going to watch one match this week, please go check out Eddie Kingston versus Tokeshka. And if you can, also check out the John Moxley versus Brody King. You will not be disappointed with those two matches, I promise you. Number one star of the week, Eddie Kingston. Followed by second star of the week, John Moxley's match uh, against Brody King. Followed by Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, third star overall. Very solid week overall for wrestling. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be trying to put a weekend review uh, up every week. Um, we're going to be trying for... Uh, this week is going to be a little different because there was a pay-per-view, so I'm hoping, uh, I believe this will be going up on a Monday, but I think we're going to be looking at maybe Saturdays will be a good day to upload these, uh, otherwise, unless there is a pay-per-view happening that Sunday, then it will probably fall on Mondays. So, if you guys are interested, you're in, you like wrestling, um... If this is your first time listening to me, this is my first time recording a wrestling podcast. I'm fully open to uh, constructive criticism. If there's anything that I can do to improve this show, if there's anything in the show that you really liked and you want me to focus more on, please let me know. I have a YouTube channel. It's GamerGX Videos. Um, I will probably be putting these podcasts on there for a little bit until I get a more strong following on Spotify. That's where I'm going to be uploading these. Um... If you guys have any friends, anybody that likes wrestling or or is in look for a, a, a podcast on Spotify, you know, let them know about me. Again, like I said, I am Gamer GX Videos on YouTube. I've done Let's Plays. Uh, I got lots of content on there. A lot of video game content. Uh, not very up to date. I'm kind of getting back into the YouTube thing. But if you guys can check it out, leave a comment on there if you want. Uh, like I said, if I have the videos up of this podcast on YouTube. I welcome you guys to leave me comments and or questions. If I find the questions to be good, uh, not saying that not every question, If I, what I'm saying, if I, if I have a question, if you guys leave me a question in the comments that I think would make a great question to answer on the podcast, I will give you full credit. I will say out your name. I will thank you for your comment and everything, and I'll answer your question live on the paper or on the pay-per-view. Uh, no, on the podcast. I, I think that would be really fun. I want to get you guys involved in this as much as possible. So uh, hit me up with your comments. If you like this, like it, please. Uh, give me any feedback is welcome. So thank you guys so much for checking out this uh, first episode of my, my podcast. I hope you liked it. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon.